Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm your host, Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we bring you A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors from 1987, directed by Chuck Russell. Did you... Did you take any lessons away from Nightmare on Elm Street 3? I took away a very valuable lesson. Oh, do tell. Um, I learned that today, I didn't know this before, but I learned that today, that only in the year 1987, um, I don't mean only, but we were still institutionalizing young black men for just being young black men. (laughs) Basically, <laughs> basically, dude, like, I'm ah, you know, he grew up poor and he's just so mad. Sounds so that, like a crazy person. Put him f- in jail. That's the first thing I learned in this movie. The second thing I learned in this movie, and this is really bad because sometimes you don't want to be on the wrong side of history for things, but sometimes you must allow the truth to set you free, even if it makes you a social pariah and a bit of a radical. Okay. Wow. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Here it comes. The thing yeah. that kicks off, us off iTunes. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been flirting with disaster every week as of late, and I'm <laughs> going to continue to do that today. Why? Because it's good for us. Okay. Uh, right. The human psyche. I learned today that Kincaid, our, uh, our black man of the hour, um, can, but played by Ken Segoez, I think oh, is how you this, say Is this going to end in talking about how we should protect our blood and soil, Dean? No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I learned that today. He was the first black man in a major horror movie to survive the entire movie. And it is one of the few black men in a major horror film that I didn't want to survive until the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's kind of annoying, man. Oh, he annoying. sucks. But uh, he is not alone in that regard <laughs> either. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, I want to oh. make that clear. I just want to point out the irony of that. No, it's true. It's like, true. he survives. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the it only like- took until the year not 1987. <laughs> just want to make that clear. <laughs> for that to happen, Okay. Jesus. And when it does, I'm like, ah, bummer, because he sucks. <laughs> I know. The scriptwriter is like, ah, we'll give him one. We'll give him this. We'll let him survive, but he's going to be annoying as shit. They're like, this guy's pulling terribly with our test audiences, uh, even with the even even when we in have, Harvey Weinstein's gated community theater. No, 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 no. <laughs> even even in like black neighborhoods. So, because he's so awful. Because he sucks. So we're gonna. So this guy, we're gonna make this guy survive and tell everyone we told you so. <laughs> That's how I think about it. Evil, like evil movie makers. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I was. Yeah. That's all the stuff I learned in Dream Warriors. I also learned <laughs> a that college the, education. Really, I also learned that Dream Warriors may be a bit of an overstatement. Boy, is it ever uh, um, an overstatement. There ain't no warriors among them. First of all, I would say hardly even a battle among them. First of all, Kincaid is five foot eight, and Nancy's father could beat the brakes off him. I was about to say, John Saxon could take everybody in this movie. Easily. Straight up, single-handedly. Even the fucking, the guy who looks like he might be a retarded Bill Maher. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> he kind of. I just wanted him I, to say know, that the whole time. Okay. I, I never, I'll admit this, I never had that thought in the movie, but the second you said it, I knew exactly what character you were talking about. Yeah. I was like, ah, yeah, he kind of does. That's kind of, just a shitty Mar. Mm-hmm. A shittier Mar. Now we got Butcher Sharkett, Heather Langenkamp. Um, I, I was a fan as a, yeah, as a lad of Jennifer Rubin. Um, Taryn, of course, I was madly in love with her as a kid. Tight, yeah, yeah, that's understandable. And um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the mute kid. Come on, dude. That okay? You know what? No, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll I mean, save it. The, the Dream Warriors. But can the, we just go uh, down the list of the Dream Warriors? Yeah. What's <laughs> what's what can let's Dream run down the fucking Dream A team? We got to go in here. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm probably gonna go with DiCaprio's Inception team. I think. Right? I'm, I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to take Tom Hardy. I'm going to take DiCaprio, Ken Watanabe. Definitely over these people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, man. I can't, oh, <laughs> I can't wait to get in this movie. You know, also, I want to I bring up, I was uh, re-listening to part of our Nightmare on Elm Street uh, podcast, and you and that, that was both before, before either of us had gone back and rewatched two, which we did on the members only feed, uh, <laughs> a commentary of, of two, which on, on the night, on the original, the first, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street podcast, I was saying that I liked two a lot. And upon watching two, I realized I misremembered a lot of that one. I still don't hate it, but it's a pretty big old fucking mess. Um, but you said that three was definitely better than two how do you feel now i still think that i still think think that that. to be honest i agree i actually do think it's it's a better movie but uh it's a better movie and and freddy's better it just makes more sense you know what i mean it kind of makes more sense better it's a better made movie yeah it's not it's not nightmare one no no and and they they never will recapture that glory (laughs) i'll I'll uh, tell you what became apparent while watching this movie this time though dude was just how much of a movie it is for little kids a little bit. A little, little bit, bit, right? A little bit, dude. I'm it's, not saying it's a fucking kids movie, because it's definitely not a kids movie with definitely not. blood pouring out of her wrist. <laughs> right. <laughs> but kind of a little kids movie. But definitely some, it's a teenager's I would teenager's horror film. Oh, 100%. This is a 15-year-old's horror film. This is uh, this is definitely for that middle-of-the-road teenager where you're still kind of a kid, but you think of yourself as more mm-hmm. than a kid. And you're like, ooh, this is scary stuff. Uh, but boy, howdy, does it ever have some fucking Power Rangers-esque moments and set pieces in this fucking movie. Yeah. Like, oh, boy. <clears throat> well, let's, let's – and do we have anything else we want to say about this before we get into um, – some more stuff. I, I guess I got a couple things. I, I first, I do want to thank um, the man responsible for this particular movie. Uh, that man is none other than Mister Drumroll, please, Matthew. Come on, do uh, it. I don't know. Just kidding. It's Ryan Brown. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Closing out this original trilogy of Freddy. Yep. Yep. In Dream Warriors, it's a perfect blend of dark and comedic that none of the other movies could quite manage again. It was released the year I was born and is one of the first VHSs I can remember owning, he says. I once took it to a friend's ninth birthday party for everyone to watch and couldn't quite grasp why parents quickly ejected the movie and told me it was inappropriate. I guess my parents <laughs> were just cooler. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, Freddy was my killer of killers. He might not have the body count of Jason or Mike Myers, but the creativity of his kills are second to none. Hell so yeah. there you go. He's waited patiently for this. He bonded this a long time ago, last oh, summer. Man. So, 
The man's come a calling. Yep, it is time. He's, he's been waiting quite patiently. Bounty right. did in <laughs> June of 2018. It's now January of 2019. All right. Right on time. <laughs> I mean, that's a seven-month wait period. So, yeah. You can see why we're blowing up bounties and trying to figure something new out. <laughs> right. It just right. doesn't work that way. You should not have to wait that long. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like being on the hook with other people's money for seven months. I feel like I'm into the fucking mafia. I don't want to do, <laughs> right. do that shit anymore, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, dude, uh, I saw this very young, I remember. Yeah? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a young lad. I don't know if I was quite nine when I saw it. Ooh. Ripe for nightmares. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it had some scary parts, but not really. I'll tell you what scared me most as a kid, which is really weird. <clears throat> Okay. And I want to say it now before I forget because now I'm into it. I don't want to talk about the scene because we'll talk about the scene when we get there. But one of the scariest moments in this movie to me is when two things. Number one, when they all try to go to sleep and they're like, oh, it didn't work and they get up and then the like little balls fly off the thing. Yeah. Not that the balls flying off the thing were scary, but the immediate feeling of vulnerability in a seemingly normal moment. That you That's unsettling yeah. and creepy. That's something that when Nightmare on Elm Street does as a franchise, I fucking love. The moment, the, the old fake out, like, oh, I'm asleep. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. oh, damn, I thought I was asleep. And you get up and now you're, you are asleep. Right. And I like that moment because it's an immediate feeling of vulnerability. Like, oh, shit. But just totally. different. You know, it'd be like if you were down in your basement and you heard your front door get kicked in. You'd be like, oh, fuck. seriously right so there's that kind of feeling in your stomach and i just like that i like nightmare when nightmare does that i think it gets it right and and i guess you could say of of we've talked about this before um the the charisma is a is a major factor we've talked about the sadistic nature of freddy which is something that makes him creepy is that he seems to delight in the killing versus say jason or or mike myers who just seem to be forces of nature And uh, there's something about him that is uh, like that. Um, We should probably do our due diligence to go go way back someday, Pride or Friday. We should probably go back to the Leatherface days and talk about him as a bad guy someday, maybe on a bonus. But I've always thought about these characters and their personalities, but I kind of got off the beaten path. I guess my point was it's always scary when that that scared me. That moment was like, oh. And then, of course, um, the more unsettling things in this was – the nun was really creepy looking. You you didn't, you didn't know <laughs> yeah. what to expect of her. I mean, he follows into this weird abandoned building. So that stuff was all weird. But the rest of it's not really scary at all. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, man. And, you know, we talked about that a lot on the, the original movie when we covered it, is the real true scary power of, of Freddy is his control over the environment, that his power reaches beyond himself. That It's not just I'm going to get a hold of you and kill you. I can trick you into thinking you're already awake. I can trick you into thinking you're, oh, I'm your dad. You know, like that's the real scary mm-hmm. stuff of, of Freddy. When they lean into that, it's, it's good shit. And it's not just that it's good, it's, it stands out. It makes it unique among slasher movies. Sure. Um, and that, that's the best stuff. That's the creepiest, most unsettling. You know, you think you're walking through your hallway at school and you're just this a normal, normal day and you start sinking into a floor of blood and you're like, oh shit, I'm asleep <clears throat> and Freddy has me already. That's yep. good shit. That's good creepy shit. Yeah, for uh, we sure. Get, we, we, some of that is scattered throughout this movie, but we get a lot of uh, a lot of silliness too. 
Oh, oh, for sure. There's plenty of silliness. Um, and I have a question. I don't really know the answer to this. I'm just thinking about it now. Do you think with do, do you think with do you think Hollywood has moved away from the Catholic Christian trope in horror films? I don't know if it has. I just was thinking, like, have I seen this in a while? Like, mm-hmm. it follows or any of these movies. They're not running to a church anymore. You know, like that's. That doesn't seem to be a thing anymore as much as it used to be, huh? May, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm really spitballing here. Right. I'm sure someone's going to send me 10 movies that came out in the last 10 years that do. Well, the movie that jumped to mind major for me was the pictures. movie called The Nun. <laughs> that horror movie that came out like uh, a couple months ago. I heard it was terrible, but um, I, I, I do agree. I feel like I see it less. Like, I feel like it's a Maybe no, pretty... maybe Conjuring no. I think in Conjuring they are... If I if I'm not mistaken, uh, don't they don't they lean on on religion and stuff as a as a sort of salvation in those moments? I'm pretty sure it's been a while since yeah. I know. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe I almost feel like it because what I you know I watched um, I watched uh, you're so cool Brewster Fright Night they do it they do it in this they did it in something else I just watched before that um, maybe it's just more like an 80s thing I don't know maybe not probably not actually but it made me <laughs> think oh they're they're running to a church. Do people still do that in movies? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, shit. so here we are. All right. We ready? Are we ready to dive into uh, Patricia Arquette's craft, craft so, hour? So is this the first time you saw it? No, no. So I, I definitely seen this before, but even more so than two, I, I really only remembered pieces. Um, I remembered one of the things I stayed in my memory about this was the scene of the guy jumping and Freddie pulling him out there by his like tendons. That always freaked me out. I remembered that, uh, and I remembered the Freddy Krueger snake, you know, eating Patricia Arquette. I just remember that scene really mm. well. Um, and honestly, though. That's about it. I, I really didn't remember much about the actual Dream Warrior kids. Um, I didn't remember the ending at all. I didn't know how it turned out. Um, most of it I didn't remember. But I remembered enough to be like, oh, I have seen this before. It's just been a million years. Got it. So it's essentially like a new watch, man. I, I, I remembered so little. Cool. All right. Um, let's talk paper mache. Let's talk uh, Patricia Arquette on the open here. Uh, the Kristen only Freddy movie... Only Freddy movie to not open up with a nightmare, interestingly. Hmm. Like, she's not asleep here. Not yet. So, I didn't know that. I didn't know both open that way. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, they all open in the <laughs> midst of a nightmare. This is the one where she's, we see her fighting sleep. And we, of course, uh, one thing I actually do like about this open is the way you see her pounding coffee, the way you see her drinking soda and everything. Like she, it sets you the think, stage. Right. You already think that she's being pursued, even though it hasn't really fully started yet. Um, it's funny because this is a weird, at first you're like, is this the creepiest moment? Like, is this the creepiest music to use while a girl's making pancakes or something at first? And then you're like, oh, it's paper mache. (laughs) I'm making the Elm Street house. (laughs) I, uh, I had a grandfather who made a bunch of paper mache Halloween masks. And I totally forgot about that part of his personality until I was watching this again. Oh shit! Yeah, he was Super a school teacher, and like the kids loved that he would bring in like cra- a crazy costume all the time. Ha! That's awesome. Yeah, those are the cool teachers. Yeah. Um. So here she is doing paper mache, doing arts and crafts time. Patricia hey, by the Arquette. Way, Patricia Arquette. I always had a crush on her. I think ah, she's, she's cute as shit. She's a cutie. Um. You ever see True Romance? No, I still haven't seen that. Oh boy, you got to see that movie. 
Is that uh, you know what? Oh, as far as some really good uh, Patricia Arquette action goes, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mixing this up, uh, Lost Highway, the uh, the David Lynch movie. Oh yeah, boy, oh boy! If you ever wanted to see Patricia Arquette's boobs, uh, there's a plethora in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Lost there Highway, done and done. Good movie. <laughs> Yeah, Not oh, just for the boobs. It's better every, better than just the boobs. Every uh, it seems to have a great soundtrack, if I recall too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's going on here? She's making Nancy's house. She is. And by Nancy's house, I mean isn't she in that house now? Is 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 it the same house? It doesn't. I don't think she actually is um, because it doesn't really matter. But we know she's about the dream of the house because mom's putting her to bed, right? Mm-hmm. Elaine Parker. Mom, I'm having those awful dreams. Those terrible dreams again. Well, you know what your shrink said. Kind of weird for a mom to refer to her kids like psychologists as a shrink. Oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Come on, listen to your shrink, you weird kid. Yeah, it's, um, the thing I like about this scene is that Elaine, where do you keep the bourbon is the exact line that comes back later when she gets decapped. Oh, true. Pretty cool. <laughs> like a, like a weird recurring moment for uh, Kristen Parker. I also just love how <laughs> it couldn't have just been a line of dialogue from all. I'm like, oh, you know, I've got somebody here tonight. I have a, I brought home a date. It's literally some dude downstairs like, where's the bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get sauced before I plow. Yeah, I guess. I, okay, I get it. I get it. Mom is single. All right. <laughs> I know. Awesome. <laughs> She's super desperate. She's super single. I get it. She's, she's yeah. on the market. <laughs> um, the original premise of the film involved Freddy invading the real world and haunting the actors and crew responsible for Nightmare on Elm Street films. This idea was rejected uh, by the studio, though Wes yeah. Craven later used it for a new nightmare in 1994. You ever seen that one? Yeah, I think so. It's it's a mess. <laughs> it's a fucking mess, dude. Mom. That one is goofy. I'm not surprised, to be honest with you. And I I'm, definitely think like, I've seen it. Because for one, that's one of the very few times bring Nancy back, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Her back. Wes Craven's in the movie as himself fucking doing shit. And Robert England is in uh, the movie as himself and Freddie. <laughs> ah, fuck. It is. It's one of the very few times you ever, ever hear me say, yep, the studio is completely right. You should not do that <laughs> as a director. That's stupid. That's a dumb <laughs> idea. <laughs> Don't like it. Way too meta. You're getting way up your own ass. Not good. Scott's saying Freddie has a flasher duster. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does. That was the, another weird part of the movie. We're, like, we're going to make Freddy creepier by making his blades actually come out of his hand instead of it being Ugh, a glove. God, and he's going to have a coat, and he's like, just, it's like darker and meaner now. And I'm like, ugh, it's just lamer, man. It's just <laughs> lamer. Yeah, section that happens. It's not better, it's lamer. <laughs> but um, what do you think of the dream imagery here? Kids in front, one, two. Freddy's coming for you. Uh, I, I Three, don't... four, better not be a whore. <laughs> I don't mind it. I actually think a lot of it looks pretty good. Also, I think it's a very terribly cruel thing that that family who, you know, whoever that the little ginger boy's family is to give him that haircut. That's just cruel. To give a straight-haired ginger boy that bowl cut is, you know what you're doing, and you're a bad parent. Mm-hmm. It's very Yeah, bad. absolutely. Ginger's got it tough enough already. Like, do you, do you really got to pile it on, you shitty parents? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this stuff's, it's the beginning of it being creepy. A little girl saying something like, this is where he takes us. Yeah. 
Dude, there's some good imagery that, that, that pops up in here once she starts going into the house, getting deeper. Um, dude, I love the moment when she, you know, when she's already running from Freddie. And to be honest, I like hearing Freddie enter without being seen, where the girl's actually like, Freddie's home, <laughs> is that whole moment. And then she grabs her and starts running. When she bursts into that room full of all the kids hanging, dude. that was fucking creepy. That's good shit. Yeah. That's like that's mo- intense. Yeah, and the movie makes some good choices early on here. Like at first, you really only see Freddy's shadow as he's chasing after. You don't see him. Like there's some great kind of restraint here, which I always prefer in horror movies. Like you know, give me that anticipation, give me that tickle. Don't just shove it in. Come on, foreplay with the horror movie. Yep. Yeah, she get like you said, her hitting the, the the inability to run. I like the way they visualize it. Her just kind of flopping around in the mud. Right, yeah, stuck in the tar. <laughs> her running, though. But first of all, her running, if you look closely at the kid she's carrying, it's, oh, it's long dead. I mean, oh, those are some dude. stiff ankles. <laughs> <laughs> that little, yeah, little dead girl. Also, evidently, they were planning on, like, at least in the script or whatever, it was planned that when she looked down, it was going to be, like, an actual, like, it was still going to be, like, the girl made up in horrible makeup and, like, rotting in her arms, but they thought that was, like, too much. And I was like, ah, you should have done it. Such, pulled the trigger on that one. It's so funny that, like, we've talked about this a lot, the standards and how they've changed on that kind of thing. Yeah, man. Like, are you kidding lot. me? Like, Jesus, the, the shit that Hereditary will show versus this? <laughs> I'm like, how about just the shit damn. Walking Dead will show versus this? Fucking A. Good, was it was the first season of Walking Dead where it was a little girl and she drops yeah, like he, picks up the doll or something? Yeah, and then she starts to come at him and he blows her away. Yeah. It's the first episode, actually, I think. I think it is, yeah. Um so yeah, she's trying to hide and and um this is the wrist cut moment, which gets her institutionalized. Right. Real quick. Like <laughs> Like, hard <laughs> cut from her bathroom to just and you are in a psych hospital. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is something that's happened before. Right. I mean, she talks about her, you know, ah, you shrink and everything. There's, you know, this girl has got some issues. Yeah. I mean, it's a real, I'll tell you, you could, you could do a little girl up in fucked up makeup, but there's something visceral about the look of the blood just pouring out of her fucking wrist, man. It's true. Yeah. I actually thought that was kind of a, an impressive shot. Like, yeah, it's a good shot. There's some behind the scenes of her like laughing and doing it. It looks really funny, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, just the uh, the faint. The mom, boom, down she goes. Kristen, I'm trying to fucking hear. Can't you cut Come your on. wrists on another day? <laughs> now you always need so much attention, Kristen. I haven't come since the bicentennial. <laughs> <laughs> 1976, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listeners at home might not know that. Uh, what do you think is tall drink of water? I think his name is Lawrence Fishburne. No, I'm pretty sure it's Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. Uh, by the way, dude, this is the most studly looking <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. He looks so fucking good in this dude, movie. Dude, before the Swedish fish, man. Serious? <laughs> yes. I don't know what he's into, but. And like, you, you know, remember how he looks in uh, Apocalypse Now? Like he's super oh, yeah. young. He looks like a yeah, fucking yeah, teenager. Yeah. And he's like all, he's still like gangly and like kind of like doesn't yeah. look fully developed yet. And in this, he's just like, this is like prime steak, Lawrence Fishburne. I'm like, damn, damn. look at you. Fucking stud. Doc, I got a new theory about all these suicides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Fucked up chromosomes. All the parents dropped acid during the 60s. Um, and that's the way it goes. <laughs> he's probably not 
completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, look at Kirsten's mom. Come on. I like how the the guys like. I think it's uh, they said it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were still hauling people in front of Congress for that shit back, this time. Back in the, the- theocratic days. <laughs> good old, you know, the good old days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's. Um, we meet. We start to meet our cast of characters. That's right, Doctor Gordon walking down the hallway, checking in on Taryn, checking in on. Everybody, you know, they're all kind of presenting themselves and, and their yeah. personality. Penelope Sudrow, by the way, I'm pretty sure she was in um, Maximum Overdrive. I know that's kind of a deep pull. Oh, shit. Really? Isn't she the one with the crazy hick broad? I, I, I thought it was her, man, but I, I could be wrong. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about in Maximum Overdrive? <sighs> she has a crazy voice like this. I don't think it's her, but she reminds me of that girl so much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she it's not. I'm looking right it. now. It's not her. No. Did Maximum Aww. Overdrive? When did? I'll, I, now I have to know. I have to know who that <laughs> girl is in Maximum Overdrive. So I'm going to go to IMDb right now and tell you, and tell you who I am confusing this girl with. I'm confusing Penelope Sudrow, the actress, with. Oh, what's this bitch's name? <laughs> is it Yardley Smith? Uh, what? Oh, yes, it you're is. right. It is Yardley Smith. It's because, Yardley yeah, I, Smith, dude. I always remember when I saw Maximum Overdrive as a kid, I was like, huh, she kind of sounds like Lisa. And then I realized, yeah, that is Lisa Simpson. <laughs> it is Lisa Simpson. <laughs> That's her. Yeah, yep. Uh, Crazy. Yep. She does have a naturally weird high-pitched voice. Yeah, she looks... Yeah, she looks different, Mac. <laughs> she, looks, she had a different look to her. I'll call it, let's call it exotic and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Exotique. Yeah, exactly. She basically back then looked like she came from a small island where everyone just inbred the whole time. So England. She's from England? Mm, basically. Okay. <laughs> With her, her her thin skin disease or whatever we were saying on Hellraiser. <laughs> I get a paper cut and I bleed to death. <laughs> okay, so bleeding. I still don't know why they like us, Dean. <laughs> I still <laughs> don't know why they even tolerate our shit. <laughs> uh, These beautiful British listeners of ours. I got an extra foot here, mate. <laughs> Can you scrape <laughs> off my extra foot, mate? Oi. God. <laughs> Couple so of assholes. Why do they like us? It's so bad. <laughs> Same oi. Uh, oi. Oh, my God. It's, it's my favorite. It's brutal. <laughs> Other than isn't it. I mean, isn't it's the best. That's isn't the it's best. the best fucking thing, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> oh, well. Dude, right. so what makes these people crazy? right i'm like okay so the one girl she just has a drug problem like yes she needs like rehab and counseling and help psych ward (laughs) i mean if this is a psych ward i'm gonna fake my way in and get to a lot of banging (laughs) get food i got cable tv right right good god and like we said, you know, Kincaid got in a single fight once in ninth grade. They're like, well, this is just an out-of-control young man. Needs to be institutionalized uh, the rest of his life. Yeah, this is black rage here. We need to, uh, <laughs> we need to block, we need to lock up this dangerous 130-pound 5'8 kid. <laughs> we got I mean, he's, this is just a young Willie Horton we got on our hands it, it, right here, the, boy. The whole character is outrageous because, oh, here's another fucking thing I learned. Do you know who my favorite character was when I was a kid? Oh, who? Strangely enough, Kincaid. I loved him as a kid because I liked his I liked his rebellious attitude. <laughs> People were probably probably that, were yeah. gonna, probably would think I was going to say Will, who I did like, but I was also but I was also like, ah, he's kind of a dork. He's given like <laughs> D&Ders a bad name. 
A little bit. I liked Kincaid as a... It, that's funny. What a wicked turn I've had on that character as I've gotten more racist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just slowly devolved. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. It's um, because... Do you, do you know why? Because when I was a little kid, Kincaid looked like a big, formidable man to me. Right, totally. And he's just totally. not. It's like, you, it looks like you're contending with like a ninth grader in high school. Like, <laughs> right? I'm pretty like sure. a strong that, ninth grader, a football player for sure, but yeah, a ninth a, grader. a junior varsity football player, right, maybe right. second string. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty sure the doctor can beat him up with his man strength. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I just thought it was like watching it now. It's just so laughable that he's like, oh, "I'm strong. I can bend chairs and shit." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not buying it." But in his defense, I'm not buying any of them as warriors. Yeah. <laughs> but I can totally see as a kid him being the character you root for because Loved he's the him. one character who doesn't just like completely get shit his shit pants, pants cow exactly. he, he's like, I mean, he calls Freddy a pussy, which I was like, nah, okay, I actually like that. I was like, I've always wanted people in horror movies to like be more aggressive in fighting back villains and like flip them off. Like, fuck you, fight back hard. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I'll give you a point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's where I, that's where I love the bottom as a kid. And obviously that still remains. But for me, it's just the uncount, uncanny valley with him and the rest of them to believe that they are formidable in any way, shape, or form. Totally, yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. All right. Um, so, yeah, like you said, we're meeting them. And we have this dialogue here with um, with Max, of course, old Larry Fishburne, and uh, Bill Maher. But <laughs> it moves on to, you know, like you said, we meet Taryn, you get some sleep. Taryn seems pretty legit, like she's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's doesn't even respond to him. You know, she's just like all like, yeah. And again, it's probably like, is she like still going through like withdrawals? Like, is she just like a, a fucking person who needs like medical treatment? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, we learn that they might have to isolate Kincaid permanently, which is also crazy. Like, what? what? Like, did he fucking kill someone? Like, what are you talking? <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, the movie isolation. Never gets in. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny because. Nowadays, like movies that do this ensemble thing with these characters, they tell you everything about every one of them and, totally, and like yeah. hang a flag on it, which is almost as dumb as this. <laughs> but because he just seems so not like when you watch him interact with everyone else, like he's not a dangerous sociopath. Like the other oh. girls and Will aren't in danger. Well, he's a girl too. They're not in danger of his presence. You know what right. I mean? Totally. Like he's nice with them and they love him and they're all much taller than him. <laughs> yes. so i don't know yeah he's like perfectly fine i'm he's I, fine. I, I don't get it <laughs> i don't get what the, the the danger even is this this was like this weird like fear at this time the lady is going to the 90s like oh he's going in a psych ward right that that was <laughs> he's going to mental hospital <laughs> you gotta just chuck him in there he's got he's going to the fucking loony house you know what i mean <laughs> totally. yeah. it, that's what it is but there's we're supposed to be afraid of it. I mean, it doesn't look like a bad life in here. To be honest, it's like a dorm, dorm life, right? Looks like college. It essentially does. Like, you know, I, I I'll give the movie another thing too. Like the the idea, the central idea that the people Freddie are is after is all the children directly from the people who killed him. Mm-hmm. I also really like, and I like the fact that it's like there's kind of something to be said that they are all people who are having difficult lives and, and are having a lot of problems and are at this point all in a psych ward together. Um, I like that idea of the, the kids 
from those families have experienced all the it's like it's like a ripple effect of all this horrible shit that's happened. Freddie was an awful monster while he was alive, killed a lot of kids, made the families, you know, monsters who had to hunt him down and kill him in this brutal way. And it's like reverberated across everyone. We're now even the ghost of Freddy's killing children in their dreams, but not just any children, these already haunted kids of, of these families. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a cool idea. But the movie kind of flounders on the concept when it's like, well, I still don't really see, like you're not showing me through these kids like the difficulties they're having. They're just kind of like kids hanging out once you're, once you're in here. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of ways you go with it. You, you go really deep and dark and make them truly troubled and let us see it. You know, right. it's like like Taryn is a is a is is a junkie, but you don't ever get the impression she's haunted by anything until he kills her with syringes. You know, it's like okay, right? And she's she's just haunted by ah drugs. Like oh, <laughs> like, I, I'm gonna nervously bite my fingernails, I guess, because I'm a, cause want I'm a more junkie. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't listen to Nancy Reagan as she dies. Like this fucking yeah, just say no. That's just what you get. Say no, that's what you get. You filthy fucking druggy whore. <laughs> God, I let you love the eighties. <laughs> you go to jail. Everybody nobody, had a soapbox. Nobody listened to him. Everybody was fucking doing <laughs> coke and everything else. They don't fucking listen. Dude, it's like every fucking, every fucking generation. They don't listen. It doesn't matter what they what the people are saying. So fucking silly. Yeah. People are like still like wiping the cocaine off their upper lip and being like, Ah, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, we see we see Kristen's mom in there, right? Yeah, talking about how she's just, I'm not going to play her games. She just wants attention. <laughs> right. Is that why? I, I, like, I like that too. Like, okay. <laughs> she, she wants attention when she opens her wrist. Right? Like, ah, yowza. I feel she like might want attention, but you might not want to just pass it off. <laughs> right. Not just completely write it off. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we have our one of our one of our main dream warrior uh, fending off many people with her kicks. With her powerful kicks. She's five foot nothing. (laughs) Right. Also, dude, one funny thing that movies always do, movies treat scalpels as if they're a knife. Like they're a knife. Like, ah, I got cut by a knife. Dude, a scalpel, your arm getting slashed by a scalpel like that, the fucking meat would fall off the bone. Mm -hmm. Like the muscle would fall off your arm onto the fucking floor. Oh, yeah. Scalpels are so goddamn sharp. They're brutal. Crazy sharp. My dad used to bring home scalpels to uh, to um, clean fish with, and they, I mean, I, I used to help clean fish with actual hospital scalpels, and he was always like, "Be insanely careful with that, <laughs> like, yeah. don't fucking touch it." And I mean, yeah, that it, it's it's a it's not just a knife; it is beyond that. Yeah, you can cut through bone with a scalpel a little bit, like you can. It's crazy. Like Larry Fishburne's arm is ruined. <laughs> it's yeah. what actually happens in real yeah. life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. Crazy, but um, they they got a sedator. No, I don't want to be sedated. And dude, this is I got to admit, I burst out laughing. And Patricia Arquette, it's nothing on her. She's giving it her all in this scene. She's she's going with the direction she's given the script. But when she she's also pulls away, seven years old here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like she looks like too. She's another. She's another one of those cases where she looks like a full grown woman. Like she looks like a young woman, but she looks like she's 20, 21, 22 years. She's old. nineteen. Is she 19? Okay, well, to her, she just looks older. To be honest, I, in a way, I like Patricia Arquette a lot, and I think she's perfectly fine in this movie. I find her slightly miscast because she just looks more mature and older to me. I, I don't quite buy this, like, young, kind of, like, still-figuring-it-out kid look. She's That's weird. I, she, I think she looks so young to me here. 
Compared she looks super to like young, Taryn. But like, like Taryn looks like an older girl. Yeah, and I don't even mean a, like a physical appearance. I mean like just her presence. Like she has a more oh, I like see. for one. I mean I'm slightly biased. I always think of her from her character on mm-hmm. Medium, where she was just like a very put together like intelligent. Excuse me. Can you dress me as your honor? <laughs> Wait, what? Why you're giving me uh, your excuses for wanting to bang the 16 year old girl in this? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, this 19 year old child. She's 19. Um, <laughs> 19. Uh, yeah, Taryn's tw- like 25. Oh, okay. We'll see. There you go. Six years difference, which at that age is a lifetime. <laughs> right. Um, but no, like, I feel like she just, uh, it's just Patricia Arquette as a person just seems more mature than her character is really supposed to be, uh, to me anyways, but you're no, it's she just, has a haunted look about her. Kind of yeah. <laughs> actually kind no, of, No, I get what you're saying. Um, but no dude, her like fucking tragic. pulling away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but her pulling away from the room and fucking pulling into the corner and being like, five, six, I'm like, you, I am not buying that you have been broken into being a five-year-old. Like, no, that's so fucking silly. I died laughing, man. Well, I'm glad that you dropped a little bit of silly on me because now I'm going to drop a little bit of silly on you because here comes Nancy Thompson playing... Heather Langenkamp, the oldest young girl on the planet. Oldest young girl. Dude, yeah. the, this watching this was hilarious. This stuff with her is fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> because, she, first okay. of all, she's four years older than Arquette, okay? Right? She's 24, right? and they make her out to be 40. <laughs> exactly, yes. I mean- I'm older than that. And I'm like, you are an old lady. You act I mean, like an old lady. Stop that was, it. That's part of what confused me about this. They, I, don't, I can't remember if they say it in the movie. How long, timeline in the universe-wise, is this supposed to be past the I, I thought it was one? supposed to be like four or five years. I think, it's a, I think we looked into this and it was commensurate with the way her age in the movie. But like, I think- Really? Yeah, yeah. That's so weird because the way they present it, they make it look like ten years has passed. Like, like she's got, like she's established in her career at this point, and like a a seasoned professional who's about to like step up in the department. And I'm like, what? Like, didn't she just get out of college yesterday? Yeah, chat. Can you do some homework, will you? Can you find out the timeline on uh, Dream Warriors when it happens compared to the first film? I thought it was five years. I'm going to need a uh, Freddy Universe infographic. <clears throat> I'm sure they have the timeline. Them. God, I'm sure they do. But no, uh, it's like the oldest young person on the planet. That's that's her, right? <laughs> totally. totally. It really is, man. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. And then, I mean, like the very next scene, because you know Nancy comes in here and diffuses the situation. You know, basically throwing a line to to Kirsten of like, I I know what you're talking about. You're not totally alone. I know this. I recognize the fear and and what you're afraid of. And and you know, gets the scalpel out of her hand and and hugs her. Is able to diffuse the whole thing because she's 67 years old and extremely experienced in this field. Um, yeah, that's the whole movie, though, man. Like the whole fucking the guy, movie. like Gordon. People were just older back then. <laughs> and, and I'm not, it's and that's me true. being completely honest about it. Like, yes, I always thought people were older back then because I was younger. And as I got older, that seemed that dynamic changes over the, over the, that's like the biggest thing where you go, wow, I'm definitely getting older. But in this, I'm like, no, they're old people. They, <laughs> they seem are. old. He's only like 34, this guy. Right? He seems ancient. He seems, yeah, he seems much older than that. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> Six years after the events of Nightmare One. Thank you, Scott. Six. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. 
that's slightly more believable. If I guess if Nancy or, or Heather uh, was eighteen when that happened, I guess. say that again. Sorry, I'm saying it makes sense if she was eighteen in the original movie. You know, I mean, somewhat believable. But no, they had this fucking streak of gray hair <laughs> in her fucking hair. Where I'm like, stop. Well, didn't that happen at the rogue? end of the first film? Oh, that's it true. Did. Yeah, that that's was like true. a stress induced right. streak. I forgot that. But that is a callback. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, she still had. She didn't color it. Really? This like twenty-four-year-old doesn't such bullshit. No, because she that. loves being old. <laughs> she can't wait to be old. She's so she's gonna she dye, dye her hair gray tomorrow. She cannot wait to marry white eighties dad and wear nothing but beige suits with him. Like that's just <laughs> that's the eighties. Yep. Uh, you, oh, you just turned twenty-five. Welcome to being forty-six. She's always gonna dream about that very tall. Dark, exotic, uh, orderly named Max, though. <laughs> yep. She'll yep. dream of the forbidden fruit, but alas, she chose her life. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, yeah, I mean, these two talk. I do. And she talks about their dreams being the common thread among them, that this is, it is, it's not what they think it is, at least right now. Right. Yeah, she shows up, calms them down. They're survivors. They're all severely sleep disordered. Insomnia, narcolepsy, bedwetting. Oh, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's just because uh, the girlies are fucking them at night. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's a tough place. Is this the fucking Terminator 2 cycle? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it come? It's time for your nightly licking. You know, there are movies like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo that have, I mean, beautiful justice. Oh, but yeah. But there's, oh, yeah. there's something beautiful and simple about Sarah Connor bursting out of that closet and cracking him in the face with a broken <sighs> mop and just crushing his face over and over again with it, with her jacked <laughs> arms. It's so good. It's yeah, those such fucking a ripped arms. cathartic <sighs> release. <laughs> Absolutely. It is, it is applause-worthy violence, truly. It's, it's really good. It's really good. Anyway, um, nightmares are their common thread, he's saying here, right? They share group delusion, a boogeyman, for lack of a better word. They're, uh, they're traumatized. Delusion. They'll do anything not to sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that's where we're at right now with the understanding of them. They, they're all the staff of this place is pretty confused. You know, they're they're they don't know what to do with these kids. Yep. Um, he tells a story about a kid that cut his own eyelids off to stay awake. That is that's insane. It's pretty rad. <laughs> I mean, how do you even do that? I, when he so said that, metal. I was like. Oh. I'm like, do you like do you pull on it with your fingers and then take a razor and like saw at it? Like, how I, do you even? I, I do have that? a feeling if you grab the uh, like, if I can grab my eyelid right now, which mm-hmm. is kind of uncomfortable. I'm doing grab my eyelid. Too. All right, you, everybody at home, grab your eyelid. Everybody, everybody you're not grab driving. your eyelids. No, participate. Grab a scalpel. But if you pull oh. on your eyelid, I think that's going to be hard to do. What you might do is you might start with the cut and get the cut in and start pulling. But my fear would be like. You know when you want to cut a straight line on a piece of paper and you get a little too overzealous with the yank? And uh-huh. then you rip skin off up under your eyebrow and shit over your tear duct? <laughs> that would suck, man. God. Ugh. But you could, you know, you Not effective really either. You'll metal. still fall asleep with no eyelids. But Yeah, by the way. <laughs> that's so, still going to Joke's happen. on you, dum-dum. <laughs> by the way, you could have just taped them open. Jesus. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> But, um, yep, they meet. He's real uh, flirty, kind of handsy with her. 
Also, how rude of you to distinctly look at the medication she drops. What a dick. Yeah. Just no, when hand that it moment, back to her. And they really linger on it for I a know. second. They, they linger on it long enough where I thought she was going to say something. Like, oh, like, oh, that's just mine. Like, oh, you know, and him be like, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to help. But like, he just like picks it up, fucking like, huh, like turns it over, basically Close reads shot. it. And then he's like, here you go. And she's like, thanks. And I was like, that's pretty dickish of you by the way he's like i was kind of hoping you're on uh hoping you're on the old bc because i kind of want to dump in you (laughs) you know just one of those the 80s i just want to in there you know what i mean you got any more pills in there (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's like you have to expect him just to like pick up her driver's license like huh what's your driver's license number oh where are you from what's the address on here Mm, no kidding is that across town no no kidding (laughs) it's like geez man it's dumb. It's also dumb because it never comes back in the movie, but whatever. It's fine. Right. He's also like a, really handsy with her. A little bit. A little bit. I don't mean like ridiculously handsy. He's no. doing the, um, like, you know, he's, he, but he's kind of, I don't know, he makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Touch your, touch your shoulder a lot. Hey, yeah, yeah, you okay? You okay? And then asked me if I'm okay seven times. So <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. And then we see the nun just standing off in the distance, and that's just creepy. Dude. Yeah. This fucking nun. This fucking nun. I'll say this: at this point in the movie, I'm I'm kind I'm intrigued by this. I'm like, Absolutely, I'm like I, I like the idea. First, I I was even thinking, oh my god, is is this some like spectral vision that Freddy can project out into the waking world and starting to fuck with with people out here? Because I was like, damn, that's cool. Like that is creepy and cool and, a, and an expansion of what he can do. I was into it. That my feelings change about it later in the movie. Yeah, we'll so far, right here, the imagery, it's great. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so then we meet old eyeball chambers. <laughs> you recognize this guy from fucking Stand By Me? That's oh. eyeball fucking chambers. Shit, I did not. Chris Chris Chambers. River Phoenix's older brother that hangs out yeah. with Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Fuck that is. Hold still, you're making me that. fuck up the snake part. He's that guy, right? <laughs> That's right. And that's why he's institutionalized. He hang out with a sociopath and one of the murder children. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, no. Do you know why he's locked up? Do you know why he's lost his liberty? Why? Because he sleepwalks. What yeah. A, what oh, a, what right. a monster. Yeah. What a fucking uncontrollable monster. You got to just lock them away forever. Between sleepwalkers and adolescent black kids, I don't know if I can. I mean, what a danger we all all face in the world. <laughs> right? I mean, this is the scourge. The scourge of our cities. <laughs> so stupid. So fucking ridiculous. But that's what I mean. Like, you know, that's something you come, you, you start, if when you start to think instead of just going, oh, here are all these personalities. But <laughs> it even talks about his puppets. Oh, you know, they'd be better if they were carved out of wood, but they won't let me have a knife. You know, I'm always trying to kill myself because I've walked around in my sleep occasionally. You know, I wish. Right. <laughs> you pussy. Just kill yourself then. <laughs> Go ahead. What do you want me to tell you? Uh, shit. You know? But no, I, th- I think it's more silly just because they assume he will do that. I'm like, has he tried? Like, or they just assume like, oh, well, all these kids are so crazy and suicidal. They must be suicidal. They must all be. They must just all be. That was, and yeah, I, that was in vogue, man. And I mean, Max is even all like, they're dangerous to themselves and to each other. It's making a comeback though, suicide. <laughs> it's, ah, it's really hot right now. It's, yeah, it's back in vogue, I'd say. 13 reasons why. So hot. But no, I um I don't know, man. Like, it's uh, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, 
He's a sleepwalker. He's got puppets. No one's going to address it. <laughs> no one's going to say, hey, you know, like, I want, I want Nancy to pull Max aside or Max to pull Nancy aside. And she just starts saying, like, you know, it's kind of odd. He sleepwalks. And then, like, you know, he's got puppets, which are, you know, controlled. And he's like, I know. It's crazy shit. It's fucking crazy shit. Him and his fucking puppets. Also, can we talk real quick about the fucking teardrop on Joey's face? Is that a tattoo? That is not a tattoo, and it disappears later in the movie. I think that was a weird fuck up. Yeah. It's, it's gone. It's only in one scene. That's what I even thought, too. I was like, wait, I don't remember seeing it later. But why did he draw that on himself? Is he a fucking mime? Like, what is this fucking kid? <laughs> what is, I mean, he literally, he goes up to the fucking, the first time we see Joey, and he's like one of the characters too, because he doesn't speak, where, you know, Max and, and Nancy just like walk right by him. And then he's like, oh, these kids are all dangerous, especially that one who doesn't talk or do anything. And they just walk right by. And then he says hi to the, the nurse he has a crush on, like he waves to her. And then the other like shitty male intern. God, that like, guy ah, sucks. He sucks so much. He's so gross. But he's like, ah, who you baby? I got it for you. And like, he helps her uh, pick up something that she dropped in, instead of Joey and she's like oh bye Joey and Joey like sadly waves and then turns to the camera with his head hanging down with a fucking gang teardrop <laughs> tattoo on his eye I was like is this is this literally him expressing himself because he won't talk he's like now I feel sad time to draw it's, on the teardrop um, that is some goofy shit <laughs> it's I mean um, so the good news though the male orderly and I think everyone should know this, and I don't want to spend much time on this. His name's Philip, by the way. Philip. Oh no, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know his name. But he ended up seeing the Gillette commercial, and he changed his ways. So you guys should all be happy about that. <laughs> he went home, watched it. He came back a different man, which is great. So solid. To it. Keep up the good work, Gillette. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's doing with the teacher. <laughs> I see the error of my fucking ways. Oh my god, look at this. Hey, oh wow. Dude, 80s uh, 80s dad doesn't change. This this, this guy is a <laughs> sl- only a slight variation on 80s dad. He ain't changing. He ain't even dad. <laughs> he ain't this guy, changing. he's going to jail in a few years, no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, real quick. Yeah. Hell yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know what Joey's deal is. I do know he has kind of like this birthmark thing on one of his cheeks. Um it might be tough to see in that shot. It's kind of to the side of his nose. He still, he has it now because I, I was looking at him on IMDb. But um, yeah, I think that tear goes away and this is the last moment you see. So weird. Um, continuity. In the first scene he is introduced, Joey has a tear drawn on his face just below his eye, which is not seen again nor explained during the entire movie. Yeah, fucking weird. <laughs> so fucking weird. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> the shit I see with HD that I didn't see back in the day, man. I don't. Seriously, I don't remember that tear at all. It's so fucking weird. Well, moving on, we're gonna have a little mommy talk. <laughs> My yeah, mom's great, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Just real concerned, really involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had anything to tell you, I'm sure I would. I gotta get downtown. Nah. <laughs> the dialogue from Nancy's just outrageous. There are other <laughs> kids involved. Good kids, smart kids, not grown ups like me. <laughs> other damn kids. She's the oldest young person. <laughs> oldest young person. Absolutely. Pantsuit. Oh. Got it all. 
All right. But yeah, no, this is when she, she goes, you know, she upstairs to get some more of Nancy's uh, or Kristen's shit to bring to her. And that's when she sees the paper mache house that she had been working on. Nancy knows for sure now. Yeah. What's this mean? Also, real quick too, I like how this movie just ignores the second one. <laughs> I actually, and I'm not even kidding. Like, I like that. I'm glad no, yeah. just, like, just go right by it. Fuck it. Yeah, done with that. It's probably the right call. I think so. Um, our our good Neil Gordon here is is doing work. He's working Back here on googling his... the personal information <laughs> of, <laughs> of Nancy <laughs> and all of her medications. Yeah, what is that about? He's just a fucking. Ugh. I mean, I, I get what the plot wants us to take from that. Of like, well, you know, he doesn't know her, and he's wanting to. He, she's the person who's new and is coming in and has these, you know, kind of like a new theory about the kids, and he's starting to wonder. Well, you know, I know I've heard about her history. Is she of sound mind to be over these kids? Blah blah blah. But it is just kind of a weird moment. Yeah. I don't know. This guy sucks. But yeah, he's, he's pretty lame. He's just lame. It's funny, you know, looking back on this movie, things happen way sooner than I thought they were going to because the movie's only an hour and a half. Yeah, it's quick. So many things happen early that I didn't realize were happening as early as they did. Um, I remember liking this. I liked the tricycle rolling in with the blood on the tires. I think that's cool imagery. Yeah. And then it melts down. <laughs> and then she gets up. And um, just watches it. That's just really cool, watching it just kind of melt down. I wonder how they did that effect. Right. This There are some very good visual effects in this movie. Um, there are some that get a little weird, but there are some really good ones too. And I also really like the imagery of her backing out of the door and it just turning into Nancy's house. That's cool shit. That's good dream shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's cool. So she's in the house again. Now, we know to be afraid of this for two reasons, because we know what the fuck it is. We also know from the beginning of the movie what happened. And this is where we just get, like, fucked up shit. Like, it's scary to walk into a weird old abandoned house and see a fucking pig roast, which is gross, by the way, on top of fruit. So creepy. It's creepy, right? This is cool. Like, this is where you can get away with a lot in a dreamscape, so to speak. Totally. Totally. You can do things that just don't make sense logically that make us feel uneasy. And I dig it, man. I fucking dig that shit. Sweet. That's that's what I'm saying, man. That's the real power of these movies. The the dream atmosphere. The dream it's not Freddy himself. It is it's the landscape for the horror that is so cool and so full of like possibility. You could do so much here. It's also crazy when um, right back on that scene, the the, the pig kind of jump. It's more decayed in the next clip, and then it kind of makes a jump out of gross noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, fucking. They actually had a guy under the table, under an actual rotting pig that had just been festering for days and it's reeking. They had him puppet the fucking pig to do that, and evidently it was like it was fucking unbelievably smelly. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's rancid as fuck, dude. That's a sucky job on set. All right, you get under that rotting pig and make it move around. You know, really stir it up so you can just <sighs> smell it so bad. Wow, Ugh. that's really gross. It's really gross. And then we have uh, Kylingus Freddy Worm. Uh, dude, Come I gotta on. say, I, it's, it, <laughs> there is something goofy about this, 
but I actually really like it. I think it's actually a really cool creepy It looks fucking wild. Bike. It looks fucking wild. And I think it's a cool – I mean we've technically already seen Freddy. He's chased her down in the early part of the dream. He showed up in her mirror. We've seen him. But for this first moment where she's really it, – it's the first full dream we've seen her in getting really attacked by Freddy himself and to see him in this form for the first time. Like that to me is another really strong aspect of this movie of this is the first time we see Freddy shape shift as much as, as he does, you know, like we got bits and pieces of it in the first one. Um, and the second one, I mean, I guess there was some, it was mostly like him coming out of the kid himself, Mm -hmm. but seeing him as a worm, like he can, you know, he can Dracula style, turn him in, turn himself into a different creature altogether. Right. Um, and the effects of the worm going under the floor, smashing through the wall, you know, like climbing around and she doesn't know where it is going to come up. That shit looks really cool. There's a couple of cool facts about, uh, Mr. Freddy snake as it were. (laughs) <laughs> and um, it's uh, it says that where does it say it? Oh, right here. The original Freddy Snake unintentionally came out looking too phallic. <laughs> um, the crew only had one hour to film the scene, so they didn't have enough time to paint it. So instead, they covered it in green goop um, <laughs> substance to overcome up. the pinkish hue. <laughs> <laughs> the pinkish cock monster hue. Yeah, yeah. You know the scene involving the Freddy Snake. Um, Attempting to swallow Kristen was also filmed backwards and then played in reverse due to the gums on the puppet being too flexible and folding over on themselves. Right. Like she couldn't push into it because it would just mush them. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. It looks wild when you watch the close-up of the reverse. It looks amazing. It, it makes it just really look cool, super, actually. it makes it look super on, um, like, ugh, when she's kind of sitting up. He's like, yeah. yum, 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 I'm almost at pay dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Almost to the good part. Nom, nom, nom. Mm, yummy. <laughs> Got to get past the feet. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's like one of those ice creams on the ice cream truck. You know, the little fruit on the bottom. Got to get through all the ice cream first. The little treat <laughs> <Right>. on the bottom. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's like consuming a woman's legs until you get to her puss, guys. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I've done it many a time. If you're a giant Freddy fucking demon snake, that looks like a huge cock. Really got to stretch your jaw beforehand, though. <laughs> and then she just spits her out, block. Because Nancy shows up, and she's a dream warrior. <laughs> well, that's the the important thing about the plot here is that Kristen starts calling out for Nancy, like Nancy, right. Nancy, and Nancy can actually hear it, and she falls asleep and falls into the dream, and that was Kristen's doing. Like she has this weird power of being able to pull other people into her own dreams. You know, she's got co op. She's got co op. She's got co op. Yeah. Tag um, in. She truly should be, it should be called Dream Warrior because she has like the power to do that, to pull everyone in. Right. I mean, uh, she's like the only person with a power. Except, yeah, when other people are in dreams, they get a specific power, like right. fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, she's the only one with an actual power of like, I can pull people, f- awake people into sleep and, and then into my dream. That's yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, that's pretty wild. So um, when when Nancy wakes up, we see some of the same hallmarks return from the franchise, which is she sustained a wound in the dream realm and carried it over into the temporal realm. Indeed. And she confronts Kristen, you'd say, about the house. Yeah, she's like, this was my house. How do you know about it? Right. How does she know about it? I mean, it, it's at this point where like... She dreamed it. I, right, right. She dreamed it. But isn't it also... One thing I couldn't tell from this movie is... How much do people know about what Nancy's yeah. been 
through and all that shit. Like, it, because especially in the second movie, it was, and this is what makes it confusing because they kind of ignore the second movie, and I think rightfully so. But in the second movie, it's like become folklore. Like everybody fucking knows about it. Everybody knows Nancy and Nancy's house, and it's like this whole big thing. Uh, but in this movie, it still kind of seems like some people know about it, some people don't. It's kind of like almost like a hush hush thing again, right? Yeah, I don't know because they don't really get into it much. They really don't. I mean, at the end of the day, it don't really matter. Doesn't. But I'm still kind of curious. Kristen just talks about how when she would have bad dreams, she would pull her dad into her dreams, and he would make it better for her. Right. And I actually, one thing I really liked about this is how, because it, it explains it away. Because at first you would think, well, how did he not ever realize you were doing that? He thought but his I like dreams. it. Yeah. Yeah. He thought they were his dreams, and it was. And that's a I. I like imagining her as a little kid knowingly listening to her dad talk about the dream and be like, I pulled you in there. I know this dream. Yeah. Like, that, that's actually kind of cool. It's like a weird X-Men power she's been developing. Right. And, um, yeah, she says, uh, obviously it's an amazing gift. And um, she says, the man in my dreams, he's real, isn't he? <laughs> he was a real man, a bad man. Yep. He's real. So um, group therapy session. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's really let's really get into you kids' problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, fucking look at Will. Look at him. Ah, a menace. <laughs> Will Kincaid. Yeah. Kind of. or, no, no, no. I mean, uh, oh, the, oh, the, the, kid oh, the skinny the kid in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is he gonna do? Cut you in line at a fucking grocery store or something? Get in front of you on the amusement park rides. And you know, all he says too is that I was in an accident, and so here I am. I'm like, what? yeah, and, uh, definitely. You know, he says that he jumped, but I'm like, okay. So a kid who lock him up, lock you exactly. I'm like, you lock him up. Like I can see, okay, he's got to go to the hospital because he's horribly injured, and I'm sure you would need a psych eval for attempting to kill yourself, and I'm sure you'd probably undergo therapy. It would probably be ongoing. Locked up in a psych ward. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um and. uh you know, people say accident, Taryn gets mad, I thought this is real talk. And uh Kincaid says something about sticking needles in her arms and she does like some kind of weird I can't tell if she's doing some kind of Ro- Romany curse. Did you know what she was doing here? No. Like I thought thinner. it was some <laughs> I thought it was some weird version of combining that stupid thing they do on friends with actually flipping off the bird. I was like, okay. What do they do on friends? <laughs> The little like I don't even fight. They like clap their hands together instead of flipping each other off or some shit. I don't even. It's like a arm thing. Ugh, it's not. It's know. not the Italian thing, is it? Where they flick the bottom of the chin? Like no, fuck you. no. Hmm. Fuck you. Because she does. That's that kind of what she bit. does. She does kind of both. Yeah, maybe she's just improvising. <laughs> ah, what an actor! <laughs> I follow her on Twitter. Oh wait, really? Yep. I followed her oh, after shit. I saw the movie. Jennifer <laughs> Rubin. Yep. She's still at it. Yeah, I guess so. But then, yeah, when she she admits that, yeah, I'm here because, you know, I just chose this over jail. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Right. They clap their farms together, Patrick's saying in the chat. Maybe, maybe. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too versed on Friends, believe it or not. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I could barely even remember it. I was like, I don't even, it's a thing. It's a thing. Ah, fuck yeah, I watch Friends, Patrick. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Essentially... The only thing connecting them is the discussion of Freddie. We're all dreaming about the same guy, right? That's what Philip's saying before we ever met, right? Right. right. And he's so saying, he, he brings up the idea of mass hysteria. He's the only one talking any sense. Right, right. 
And he's the wondering fact that we why this about doesn't this guy. impress everyone in this room. That's insanity. Right. <laughs> so we go in circles, making minimal effort, you know, and and you know, not making any progress. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, this um, this lady's really good at her job, dude. Oh, for for <laughs> for the eighties. Oh, yeah, listen, absolutely. Let's listen. Minimal progress with maximum effort. You won't make any progress until you recognize your dreams for what they are. And what are they? The byproducts of guilt. <laughs> Psychological scars stemming from moral conflicts and overt sexuality. Oh, great. oh my. My dick is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Best line in the movie. <laughs> like, come on. Because you kids have all those hormones and you want to fuck so much, now you have dreams about a man trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. All of you. The same man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Hey, great therapy we're getting through here. Yeah. Real effective. Yep. Cut to uh, Joey, Will, and Taryn playing some sort of board game. Taryn looking. I thought they were supposed to be sexy. I know. I thought they were like, ah, the little like the bedhead. Smash. Yeah. Let's smash. Smash. Fucking welcome back to the Smash Brothers. Hey, yo. So this begs the question today on the Smash Brothers. What we really need to know is we got to talk about the obvious ones we're smashing all of them, but are we smashing Penelope Sudro as Jennifer? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say smash. Oh, I'm going to take a pass on this one. <laughs> oh, your dick too good all of a sudden. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that it looks like somebody just casted a shrinking spell on her face and it made her eyes and nose and mouth all (laughs) disappear somewhere in the middle of her huge head. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Let's remember that. (laughs) Uh, Fuck. So they're playing a game. He's a nerd. I honestly thought it was supposed to be like a, a D&D. Like they probably couldn't get the rights to actually say yeah, it. I think it's, the, the it board looks says, like a game. It might exist. I'm sure that could be Googled. Wizard Master is the, is the board. I don't know. It's like mm. the thing. It's because he's got that little stand-up curtain thing. I'm like, oh, he's like a DM. Like Wizard Master. Yeah. Wizard Master. I feel like it's like, I feel like that's a Hollywood. D&D was like, up. no thanks. We're mired in controversy in the 80s already. We don't need a fucking... <laughs> Kid who tried to kill himself in a psych ward playing our game. Seriously. <laughs> Fucking A. Mad. You know about Mad? Uh, Mo- Mothers Against Drunk Driving, right? Mad with two Ds? Uh, right? Yeah. That's Mothers mm-hmm. Against Drunk Driving. I don't know. What, what is it? You don't know about Mad? You don't know Mad with two Ds? <laughs> Dude, no, I don't. What? No, there was a, there was a, there was a group. I not not Mother Against Drunk Driving, but it was um, uh, anti Dungeons and Dragons group. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Mothers Against Dungeons and Dragons. It works, is, right? M A D D. Is that really what it was? <laughs> no, 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 I don't know. I remember what it was. <laughs> That's oh my god! He slayed a dragon, and now I think it's going to make him want to side with the devil. Obviously, yeah. Mad about D and D. Thank you, Pat Harrington. That's what mad it was. Of, god, that's so much lamer. Yeah. Mad about D and yeah, That is the lamest political motivated like group. Like we are just mad about this thing. <laughs> I kind of want to read. Nineteen eighty seven. Two pastors, Peter Laidhart and George Grant, published a book, "The Catechism of the New Age: A Response to Dungeons and Dragons." Wow, God, they you guys gave, are fucking bored. Seriously, no, it was they serious. Gave that shit so much more power than it actually had. Like, what are you talking about? 
<laughs> so <crazy>. ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So they play some games and uh, bounces. Terry's like, I'm out. I'm going to sleep now, I guess. And then uh, Max puts the kid away. Right. Right, and that's that's part of why, like, the other aspect of, like, I don't buy these kids I'm being... sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. Wait, what'd you say? I was like, he puts him away, like, he's just, like, a toy, an object. <laughs> Max that's comes true. in and cleans up his toys. Puts him in a box. <laughs> but it's dark in here. It's okay, man. Shuts so? the fucking chest. <laughs> Padlocks it. Like a chest, you you know what I mean? Like a Like a, like chest. a toy chest. <laughs> yeah, a toy chest. There you go. Put you right back in there. You tuck you in real good. You're in there with the rest of the toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty bad at my job, I would say. <laughs> I'll be over here sexually harassing Taryn. Night, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the other part they of why I... got the wrong brother locked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. He, you just see him... Tara's door closing, and you just hear that Pulp Fiction music. Oh God, it's so dark. It's so fucking dark. It's so dark. Jesus, we're Sarah Connor when you need her. All right, but no, like the way all these kids interact, like Taryn playing games with these these two guys, and it's like very obviously people she would not hang out with outside of sure, here, at least before, sure, or at least before now. Like it's cute. Like they actually do all get along and have like a good dynamic. They've kind of bonded being together in here, and I'm like, I I like that, but I also just it further makes me not buy how fucked up they're all supposed to be. I'm like they're they're fine, they're fine. Yeah. Yep. But no, this is also once once they turn the lights out, then it's Will saying, "All right, you, who wants to take first shift tonight?" Because they sh- they sleep in shifts, and he's like, "If I have so much as a whimper, you gotta wake me up." So I think I think Joey took it the night before, and he's like, "Oh no, you gotta!" You're like, I get to sleep first. Yeah. Um, Nancy goes out to dinner with Craig. Oh, oh Craigy boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of just talks about herself a little bit, you know, like she was probably gonna do anyway. Instead of you looking her up, you creep, <laughs> right, weirdo. Um, we learn that her mom died in her sleep, and she's estranged from her father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I found to be an odd development after the first one. Um, you know, and she, the way she phrased it too: uh, "My mom died in her sleep." Of course, we know that she was pulled into hell by Freddy in a bed, um, and her and her father both saw that. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I do find it really weird that her her parents, I mean, her, not her parents, her dad became so estranged from her. They seemed pretty like I don't know, like it's just, they seemed like they had a better relationship than that in the first movie. Yeah, maybe maybe we can imagine him falling deeper into alcoholism as a result right. of the death of the wife and all the crazy totally. shit that happened. Him seeing a bunch of dead kids in the neighborhood. It could have been that simple for her to say it that way, but. <laughs> right. Maybe she wasn't interested in being that revealing. Who knows? <laughs> um, she's saying, "Look, these kids are in real physical kids. <laughs> Jesus, these these juniors, these <laughs> these juniors, these kids that I'm two years older than are in real right. real physical danger." Right? And he's like, "No, it's, the dreams are just a manifestation of the other problems." Mm-hmm. Because she she talks here about wanting to give them uh, some kind of experimental drug, right? That actually like stops dreams. Yeah, he says. Um, she he says, let's just eliminate the symptom. Or does she say that? I think she says it for the time being. And they talk this is something called hypnosil. 
Hypnoseal, which is what she's taking. Yeah. You want me to give them a fucking psychoactive drug to a bunch of teenagers that's experimental? (laughs) Sounds like a grand plan. Yeah. When he says it like that, it does sound outrageous. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) But it is what she's taking. So I guess it has some effect that's working out because I feel like uh, if anybody is, if Freddie would still be after anybody, it would be her. Yeah. But he makes a point. He says, you know, dream deprivation is something you can't really fuck around with. Right. Right. Which we know. Like, it fucks you up if you don't dream. Yeah, if you're not getting actual REM sleep. Yeah, there was a great Star Trek um, episode about that. Um, uh, Next Gen, right? I can never remember the name of it. Night something, Night Terrors. I don't remember that one. Is it Night Terrors? I don't remember the name of it. Could be. But anyway, they're not getting REM sleep, and they don't realize they're not getting REM sleep. And it just starts to fuck up everybody. It's cool. They're going to sleep, but they're not dreaming because of some sort of entity. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's fucking cool. And then they're like, what is wrong with this crew? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's fucking insane. Yeah. But no, thus we have our first sequence. We cut away from, um, you know, Nancy and Gordon over to everybody asleep in the psych ward. Yeah. He, by the way, he turns down the hypnocell. That's an important point. Right. Yeah. I know he definitely, you know, says no to that. We, We cannot do that. Yeah, this this scene is pretty fucking cool. It's yeah, dude. It's pretty fucking intense. Like I said, this is one of those moments I did still remember. You know, just because of it's funny too because there's there's an interesting thing about this scene. We don't see Freddy slash him. You, you just see him like yeah, wave cool. his hand. Like you don't see him actually cut him, and then we just pull away and we see the cuts on him, which I thought was a weird moment of like you don't. It's a little like he kind of pulled the punch on it. Like I thought you would see Freddy's blades <laughs> slash his arm. Nasty though. But it gets, dude, right after that, it gets wild nasty. It still hurts to look at a little bit for me. Like, just the idea of your tendons being ripped up <sighs> out of your skin and you're being pulled around by them. Ugh. That's it's gnarly. Cool. The fact that he sleepswalks, the fact that he, the fact that, the fact that this is what they did, it is fucking gnarly. This was always unsettling to me as a kid, but hey, man, Eyeball Chambers deserved it. <laughs> eyeball Chambers should have hung with that crowd. Now, I'm going to talk out of the two sides of my mouth here because I love this. I love that Kincaid's like, oh, have a nice stroll, asshole. <laughs> yeah. And we see um, Philip walking down. Oh, man, it's really gross. Yeah. But the thing gnarly. that's fucking goofy is that you break your own rules here when he just fades through the door. Oh, that's right. Right? Because he's not. If the door, oh, man, the close-up of his feet. Oof. Oh, it's so gnarly. Yeah. Like the nurse working in the desk with the typewriter. He he kind of just walks by her. She's blind as a bat, by the way. <laughs> right? Like you're paying absolutely no attention? Right. Um, I wish they would have shown him walking like herky-jerky without the tendons there by her. They could have made that look really creepy. Think about today's standards. Like you could do the herky-jerky camera and have him like kind of walking weird, getting pulled along. Right. You right. know, like oh. ugh, make it so creepy. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It's pretty creepy. But him walking through the locked door is kind of a jumping the shark moment for the movie. If we're if we're to believe the rules set forth in the thing, which is you, if he was dreaming, he would go through that door. But it doesn't explain sure. how he gets out of that door when when he really is jumping to his death because of Freddy. Right. Right. Like he, he, and see, it's kind of a missed opportunity because it's like you could have had any effect. Could have, you could have had a Freddy affect the real world, and you see like the door unlock because of Freddy, sure, uh, or some creepy shit like that, where like he's getting more powerful and able to affect the world. 
you know, outside of the dream or something, but they just don't explain it at all. It's just like, ah, he just goes through the door. Yeah. I guess you can kind of attribute that to Freddy's power, but that's a pr- wow. Look, Freddy can fucking teleport matter through matter. Yeah, that doesn't make sense because you should only be impacting the dream world or or the subject of the dream. Um, I don't know. Maybe right. making yeah. him face through the door is part of that. But I remember even as a little kid thinking that. Like when I saw this when I was like 12, 13, I remember thinking, oh, how does that work? Because I was so into Freddy and how it would work and how the, the rules would work. I was like, but how does that work? <laughs> totally. <laughs> the rules don't fucking make sense. Yeah. You do, too- you do pick up on that shit when you're a kid. You're like paying you, attention to that aspect. You do. Um, and that's when Joey, he decides to take action, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? He can't talk. This kid can't walk. I mean, between the two of them. <laughs> just a big old just, fucking Just mess. let him go. Yeah, yeah real stout warriors, all of them. <laughs> well. But yeah, this you know, an intense, intense fucking moment where they, you know, sm- you know, Will smashes out the windows, screaming at him. You know, trying, they're all trying to wake him up. They all think he's, uh, you know, sleepwalking. Um, but he is perched up on the edge of that like tower of the building. Uh, and dude, that this is one of the moments where Freddie is, it's a little bit of the sillier Freddie where like you see him transpose mm-hmm. in the sky and he kind of is like laughing as he does it. But I do think it works here. Me I think too. it's genuinely creepy. And you just see, just to put him, to frame him like that, like so much bigger than it all. And actually, you know, literally controlling the strings attached to him and then cutting them. It's awesome. It makes him look so gigantic and and all-powerful, which is what's the true fear about him, that he can do anything. Yeah, bothered about Dungeons & Dragons, B-A-D-D, that's what it was. That is even lamer. Fuck, it's getting progressively lamer. Yeah. Um, But back to the scene. The thing I love about this scene is that it's... It works with the tension it has. It's really creepy and unsettling to see the tendons coming out of his body and being used as puppet strings. He has a history of sleepwalking, which makes it even worse and extra creepy. And then, dude, the fucking, the fact that they, it's not like they're trying to save him from a physical attack. It's just cool. Like that's, I mean, that's such a good Freddy kill. One one of my favorites. It's not (laughs) just claws in the face or... You know what I mean? Right. I, well, I, I think it's a really good one, especially to take place in a psych ward. Right. And th- that he's taking advantage of them in a way that they can't plead their case. Like, the, yeah. there's no way that they're going to be able to say, no, see, it's still a bad man killing us. They, all of the you know, adults in the room are going <clears> to <throat> go, oh, well, no, sweetie. It's your dream feelings of guilt that are making you think that. He was suicide when he killed himself. He had mm-hmm. tried to jump before. And then they're in group, what, the next day? Next getting their feelings day? out? Hey, by the way, can we talk about how quickly some sort of board would shut this place down? (laughs) Seriously? What the fuck? This place is horrific. You had a kid kid cut his eyelids off. (laughs) Fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. You guys are not good at this. All right. And and of course, Dr. Gibbs comes in. How much longer are you kids going to keep blaming your dreams? God. My God, for your fucking... You are a bad at your job. So bad. Let's get everyone's feelings up by getting around where I'm going to have them all fight and do battle. <laughs> yep. Dude, it's, it's insane. Like, I'm just watching this moment where she's like, how long are you going to keep blaming, you know, uh, blaming your dreams for your own weaknesses? And then Kincaid's literally like, well, how long are you going to keep? And then Gordon interrupts him right there. And he's like, Kincaid, please. As if he was like screaming and throwing chairs. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
You're not allowed to disagree. Philip's civically, death was nothing civilly. more than a sleepwalking accident. You, this lady is beside herself with anger. She should be in anguish. Seriously? Like she has no heart. First of all, you should be, are you the head of this installation? Because his death is on you. He Seriously? jumped out of a window on your watch. You're fired. You're bad at your job, right? Because if you're not going to address the fact that he teleported through the door, thus making her see the, the reality of the power, then the only other option is that then you're bad at your job. You, he accessed that spot, which he never should have. He has a history of sleepwalking. How mm-hmm. did he manage this? Right. On your right. watch, you're fired. You're fucking fired. And I feel like, you know, it's the same as like, you know, a, a rest care facility for older people. They have memory wards where it's like people with Alzheimer's or like severe dementia, they have a separate section where they have, you know, locked doors with combinations and it's like an extra safety measure. I'm like, if you had a person with severe sleepwalking who like would walk and walk, maybe walk for miles and has a history of doing this, wouldn't they be in the part of the facility? Because right here in the scene, her answer is she's like, well, we're not going to have any more repeat occurrences of the events from last night, which I'm like, wow, we're really, really shitty way to talk about one of the kids who was in this room yesterday who is now fucking dead. Uh, pretty awful. But she goes on to say, we're going to have all the doors locked during sleeping hours and we're probably even going to start an evening sedation for all of you. Mm. Like that's that's your answer. You should have had that. He should have been locked up. Regard like his door should have been locked at night. He's a person with a history of sleepwalking. That just should have been part of it. Yeah. So fucking silly. Creepy. But then go ahead. I was just gonna say, Dick and Kate's like, no, nobody's gonna give me drugs, or else they're gonna get their ass kicked. And she's like, oh, I hit the security button. Security, security. He's crazy. <laughs> Before that, some of the dialogue, uh, which is really unsettling. But when Will says, no, no, I could see him. He was awake all the way down. Yeah. Oh, man. Pretty fucking hardcore. And then, uh, insert shit doctor number two, uh, <laughs> uh, fucking Craig. Uh-huh. What does Craig say? Well, then it was a suicide. Philip quit. Philip, knock it off. He Gosh, killed himself. He let us all down. It's cowardly. An empty cowardice. <laughs> Dude, so you're up. a doctor. You're a doctor. You're fired, too. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay? Line them up. <laughs> fired, fired. By the way, you're horrific this is your place you let him down with your lack of security sir you take some fucking responsibility for an unstable patient god damn it seriously seriously well, at Dean, as my as a doctor, it is my job to make moral judgments on everything my patients do. I know it's so ridiculous. Like he's moralizing. You're a scientist. <laughs> for real? How long are you going to blame your dreams for your weaknesses? That's now it. you Lobotomies. wonder why I distrust authority. This is the shit I grew up with. It's true. It's true. Fuck. Lobotomies all around. Everybody's getting one. Line up. Unbelievable. Get the spike in the hammer. Yeah, yeah. But like she said, she lays down, the doors will be locked during sleeping hours. We'll start a policy of evening sedation. That's what we're going to do. We're going to punish you for my mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh, the black eye stood up. (laughs) Everybody clutch your pearls. Yeah. Jesus. Taryn, make weird hand gestures to show you're really unsettled in this moment. <laughs> it's true, but no. They, you know, she says you've bought yourself a night in the quiet room, Mister, and has you know Max and everybody fucking haul him away. 
Uh, but this is the moment where Gordon finally is like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm prescribing hypnosil to all of them. Uh, it's a dream suppressant. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. Can I say and, something real quick too? Uh, oh yeah. After your dream suppressant, keep going. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was just going to say, all she does after that is be like, I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> You're going to be fully responsible. I mean that. She says with a body on her. <laughs> dumb, dumb. You know how it's really invoked to sometimes bash America? Like a lot of these countries are like, well, America's so dumb, and their fucking country's just as dumb. Oh, of course. I always like <laughs> to remind people of that fact because they somehow think that it's magically they're, they're more moral than us for some dumb reason. Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> Ready? Even though Dream Warriors was rated M M15 in other states of Australia, it was banned in Queensland by the then, I don't know if this says Joe Peterson government due to its drug content. Bunch of bad. In 1990, the Queensland Film Board of Review was abolished by the then premier Wayne Goss, and the film was no longer banned. So there That's you go. Yeah. Banning movies. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> awesome. Banned. <laughs> I ban it. I banish it from this realm. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I don't want to go to sleep. I don't want to go to sleep. Oof. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but yep, no, he you know, Gordon here is all basically arguing they're my patients. I'm their actual you know doctor ahead of them. Terrible doctor, bad at my job. Uh, but they're mine, so I'm I'm choosing to go ahead and go with this drug. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then the other doctor is pissed as shit about it, like we were saying. Yeah. Who's in charge? No fucking idea. He, <laughs> mu- he must be. I guess so. I mean, at least as far as decisions on their actual like medications or patient care. I guess he is their assigned doctor, so he gets to make that final call at least. Um, let's talk about Jennifer's death. Jennifer's death? Yeah. Oh, baby. Did you yeah. notice what the uh, brand on that TV was? I did not. Was it Zenith? Kruger. Nah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that, that's I, awesome. I kind of like that shit. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So around the 36-minute mark, which is the movie, it says um, the uh, movie on television that she's watching before she dies is Critters. And then there's a short clip of the Dick Cavett show featuring Donald Pleasance in a scene from Alone in the Dark, which was directed by Jack Shoulder, who also directed Number on Street 2. Oh, okay. That's all. It's all connected, although I did read a really funny... Isn't there uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor, too, on the TV? Yes. Yeah, so this, this right here... For the dream sequence, uh, Dick Cavett interview is interrupted by Freddy Krueger. Sally Kellerman was originally in the script as the guest, but Cavett, Dick Cavett, was then allowed to pick the person he'd be interviewing. And he picked Zsa Zsa Gabor because he thought she was the dumbest person he'd ever met in his life, and he'd never ever on his show in real life. So if there was a person <laughs> he'd want to see killed by Freddy, it would be her. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's fucking fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Well, before she gets killed, we got this guy. We got the uh, orderly harassing Taryn. Dude, you know what? He's right so here in that public service announcement. Any dude with that kind of slick hair and a super thin, super thin little gold chain around his neck, I don't don't even talk to him. A stud in his ear, right? A lot of work <laughs> goes into that hair. So and he's much. smoking in the establishment. Right. It's the 80s. I can do it. How people look at this guy. This is what he did, right? And you guys say everyone can't get their fucking noses out of their phones. Well, you know, it's better than sexual harassment, I guess. <laughs> better than sexual harassment and robbing the fucking medication ward of my, my psych ward. I can't believe this guy is the worst at his job. 
so bad. Yeah, I like how she immediately rolls his eyes when she sees him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so slimeball. Like, Do you see his ring set up? I see one ring. Oof. Does he got more? Oh, God, he does. Catch that earlier. Yeah. All his fucking rings. <laughs> They'll be pulling those rings out of runaways for years. <laughs> God. Clean. I'm talking yeah. a clean pharmaceutical high at club meth. 99% pure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. If you're ever in the mood, <laughs> you want to fuck. I'm just saying we can fuck. Uh-huh. Who's going to take the word of a crazy junkie chick like you? Ugh. Fuck off. When I go home at night, I sleep sound because I know I'm the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so gross. How does he not die this movie? It's crazy. It's so fucking like you. You feel like he should at least be like I don't know collateral damage. What do you think of her uh, TV remote? It's pretty sick, right? <laughs> the old box clicker, it's massive. <laughs> those massive things with those like switches. Yeah, the clack clack clack. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Burns yourself with a cigarette. She wants to go to Hollywood, remember? That's right. Her, her, yeah. Dude, this is where the movie starts getting, I mean, I like this scene and I like this kill. But it's, it's so fucking ridiculous. It's so cute about what it does to each character. She wants to be an actress in Hollywood, so she's going to die by having her face shoved into a famous people. Like, it's <laughs> just so on the fucking nose. <laughs> What makes you think it's on the nose, Matt? The fact that Freddy Krueger's head popped out of the top of the TV with antennas that moved around like little antennas. That <laughs> little he was insect. the TV, that very... Back to prime time, bitch. Dude, the birth of Scary Terry. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. It's this movie. It's this one. I was like, oh, my God, this is where it began. The Freddy movie cartoon version of this character is this movie. I mean, it still kept down somewhat compared to later movies in this movie it's it's tamped down it's not over the top but it's this is the beginnings yeah (laughs) yeah tv goes staticky she goes to adjust it gets in a chair and out pops fucking creepy robot arms and it's freddy (laughs) (laughs) i do like the head smash though it's pretty hardcore yeah leaves her hanging in a thing (laughs) well uh, let's move along here. <laughs> so, uh, we get to, uh, we get a, yeah, she's dead. Great. We got her funeral and then we get the priests talking to Craig again. The unquiet spirit must be laid to rest. Oh, you mean uh, the nun? The, the nun. What did thing. I say? Yeah. The priest. <laughs> the priest. It's an abomination to God and to man. <laughs> You're being creepy. Just showing up. Creepy um, old ghost lady. Yep. Nancy shows up and, um. You know, comforts her. They go out to dinner again. They eat some dinner. And he's trying to fuck her. <laughs> right? Trying to get in there. Come on. He's trying. But he's Gordon, so. He's uh, Neil Gordon. Neil. I call him Craig, but that's the actor's name. Neil Gordon is the character's name. There we go. Yeah, Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon. <laughs> Dude, this is so much bullshit because he's like, ah, the kids are all just slipping through my fingers. I feel like I can't save them. And she's like, you're doing the best you can for the morning. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Two dead. <laughs> One after Fucking the other. You guys, dead. how are you still working? How are you still working? Nothing makes any sense. It sure doesn't, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, as he looks out the fucking blinded window, forlorn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fucking so silly. She's like, I think I'm going to try to comfort you now. Do you like my really long sweater? It's really long. Oh, yeah. God. Back to group therapy, though. Back to group therapy. <laughs> and um, they got that old fucking bat out of there. And um, I like this stuff here. Um, let's have a listen. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Ready? Let me, let me see. Let me back it up to where it belongs. I know who's trying to kill you. I know who's trying to kill you. Don't humor us. We're not in the mood. He wears a dirty brown hat. Oh, shit. He's horribly burned. Uh Uh-oh. He has razors on his right hand. Who is he? His name is Freddy Krueger. He was a child murderer before he died. And after he died... He became something worse. Six years ago, he killed my friends. He almost killed me. Why is he after us? Yeah, and what did we do? It's not you. These guys are weak. Your parents, (laughs) my parents, they burned him alive. And now we're paying for their sins. You are the last of the Elm Street children. Hey. So um, that <laughs> that clip anyway, but that clip is cool. But you know, I was thinking about this man, like the music in this movie when it's used like it just was used works really well. Yeah. Otherwise, it is horrible. And I'm pretty sure it's all synth, but not. Yeah. In, and I don't mean like in a cool John Carpenter way. <laughs> you know who it's who it's by, right? No, Angelo Badalamenti who did all the Twin Peaks music, for one. Mm. Which I really like Twin Peaks music. And I, Me too. Yeah, I remember, th- I remember thinking during this movie in multiple spots, like, ah, this music is... Ugh, nah, yeah, it's it. during the action fighting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oof, boy. It's, those, it's when it's used more subtly, it works better. Because it's all, it's all done on a fucking keyboard, like a Roland or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's, it just all always has that drifty, soft hey, 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 sound. Like none of it. Ah, it doesn't have any punch. I, I, I am so unschooled on music. I can't fucking talk about it all. But it doesn't sound like brass instruments. You know, like it sounds. No, no, it's like, not. It's totally synthesized music. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it but the problem you, is, is they're trying to simulate instruments instead exactly. of just going for the synth, right? That's always it. Anytime they try to to imitate instruments with synth, it's just so bad. I'm like, just go, go full the way, go all the way, John Carpenter. There you go. But no, anyway. I do, I do like this scene. I do like the recognition spreading across everybody's <sighs> faces. Everybody realizing, everybody knowing their their that's you know, uncomfortable. Boat here, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's a great moment. Um, and I, and you know, even though other people in the prior movies see Freddy or recognize Freddy, but most of the people who see him outside of Nancy are already dead. Um, I do. That's something I like about this movie that it's it's the first like ensemble where everybody has been haunted by Freddy. They all know it. They're they're that they're like in this together. Like that is cool. I like I like basically the buildup of thinking about. All right, there are now multiple people who have seen Freddy in their dreams. They're still here. They're still alive. And now they could maybe put up some kind of fight. That's still all. I'm still way on board with the concept of the movie at this point. Yep. And then they're going to do some uh, group group hypnosis, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, group hypnosis. We're all going to fall asleep together. This is the scene. Yeah, that thing is <laughs> awesome. That metronome. Do do do. Oh do, yeah. 
doop, doop with a light. It's really hypnotic. <laughs> but, um, and then I like this. I like, oh, it didn't work. And then oh, when damn. you realize it did, it's creepy. It's true. It's good. It's a good moment. Yep. Uh, too late, though, because Joey's already wandered off. <laughs> Joey's just off and going. He's going to go see Nurse Marcy. <laughs> El <Finally>. Natural. <laughs> do you like my body? Yep. Sure do. Sure do. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> I mean, she does got a body on her. It's true. Do you think, do you like all their powers? What can you do in your dream? Dude, this I is. I can be Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> do fucking <laughs> twirly flips because it's 87. It's so true. Oh, my God. <laughs> in my dreams, I am the wizard master. I am the conqueror of floating balls. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's cool when he shoots electricity out of his fingers, but. Oh, that's cool. And Kate can bend a chair that you could probably bend too. But this is, see, what's so, yeah, exactly. Literally what you just said. That's what's so silly about all of this of like, oh, what's your, sp-? like they act like it's almost a known thing. Like, what's your dream power? The one and only one you get that you're assigned because it's a dream. Like, I'm like, wait, isn't it the, the coolest aspect of realizing you're in a dream, like lucid dream or whatever, is that you could do anything? Like, mm-hmm. you're now equally as powerful as Freddy? I mean, I guess that like they're trying to, you know, bring down the balance so it's not just completely overpowered against Freddy. I'll tell you, that's uh, the thing I, I remembered the least was how unpowerful they actually were. Joey has right. the best power, and that's to be in the presence of this beautiful woman, Nurse Marcy. Kate <laughs> <laughs> uh, is just really strong. She's ahead of the game, too, that early thong game. <laughs> early 80s thong. Mm-hmm. Well, late 80s thong, but yeah. Well, true. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that was something that always stood out as kind of weird to me, was that aspect of it. You know, I think we've probably talked about this before on the Matrix episodes, but I always thought about the idea of the Matrix and the idea of this movie or or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise have something kind of similar, man. And that's this, this idea, oh, I'm in the Matrix. What I have to do is overcome my mental block to really take advantage of knowing that I can manipulate this environment because I know it's not real. Right, right. So you'd expect something a little bit more out of them. Totally, totally. You're like, can't you just figure out a way to manipulate? I mean, to be honest, like the one kid, like we are saying, Will, I'm the wizard in my dreams. I'm like, that's essentially limitless. Yeah, he displays the most overpower. Right. I'm like, you can fucking do anything. Which makes sense because he seems to embrace his imagination more because he likes to play Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) I've, it's a truly consciousness expanding. It's mind altering and mind expanding to be a role player in 1987. And that is why I deserve pussy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to my blog. <laughs> X. <laughs> or to my angry <laughs> to my angry YouTube channel. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it's like a little disappointing. You know, on a rewatch, I'm like, God, they're so unformidable. <laughs> Freddie should slay them all. <laughs> right. Jesus. But no, this dude, once the nurse breaks bad and that you was know, realize it's Freddie, when she is, starts to pull out his, or I guess kind of her tongue, uh, her eyes, 
the when yeah. she opens up her eyes, they look so fucking creepy there. Just still all close to his face. And then, dude, I'm not even gonna lie, I like the spitting out creepy tongues that yeah, wrap around. I like him. it too. It's good shit. That's it's like some that's gross. like some Greek shit, right? Like <laughs> kind of like this temptress evil woman that like wraps you up with flesh. It's crazy. <laughs> it's cool. What's wrong, Joey? Feeling tongue-tied? Ah. God. God. I get Fucking. it, because he can't talk. And <laughs> he's literally... I mean, what a double entendre. Ah, yes. He's tongue-tied, and he can't speak. Oh. oh. <laughs> Truly intelligent. Yeah. But no. Yeah, this is the beginning of one-liner, Freddy. I mean, we've oh, already yeah. kind of saw it with, Welcome to primetime, bitch. <laughs> But he's always got these one-liners now. It's like when when they're what what is Freddie doing during the day while they're all awake and living their lives? He's fucking jotting down puns in his little like black book. I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be a good one. All right, what if I find a kid who only has one foot? What can I say there? Hmm. I'd give my right leg to get out of this. Ah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect for me. That really oh, kills on Saturdays. <laughs> Yeah, he's the pun master. Pun master. Um, the room heats up. The walls fall down a little bit. Things get a little crazy. It's a little hot in there. Oh, and yeah. then they start getting the trash compactor. Oh, by the way, do, are, do we want to talk about Taryn's hair? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. In 1987, <laughs> I don't remember it being particularly cool. Although I, I know the punk scene had a lot of cool, like like crazy stick up hair like that. But I remember thinking, like, ugh. <laughs> Just like, ah, lame. She's like, in my dreams, I'm beautiful and bad or something. I don't know what she says. Yeah. I'm like, well, you already are. You're the same like, looking yeah. person. You just dressed a little different. <laughs> right? She just wants to dress more like a punk. That's it. That's like, her power. And I have <laughs> switchblades. <laughs> I mean, got these little knives here. Ooh, wow. <laughs> you have the least imagination. Like, what? No In wonder. my dream world, I want to have a shitty butterfly knife I got from a gas station. No wonder okay. you. <laughs> no wonder you're booting heroin. You have nothing in your mind. <laughs> like you could turn into a dragon. You could fucking do anything. That's, yeah. This is it. This is the ceiling of your creativity, right here. Yeah, I guess. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But oh another God. effect in this movie that I, it's very simple and I fucking love it. I think it looks really good is when Gordon goes to open the door and the handle turns red hot mm-hmm. and the door fucking melts and then the walls start closing on yeah. them. That's cool environmental shit again, man. I love that. I love that all of a sudden you can't trust anything. That you know, The floor starts to come apart. Everything starts to just go completely haywire. Well, Dr. Sims comes in and wakes everybody up and cold gives a cold blue for Joey, right? He's in right. a deep coma, apparently. And then we have all these other like people around. How is how is Dr. Sims blameless in all of this stuff? Because she didn't agree with the hypnocell. Right. I like how right. she's so I like how she's so oh my god. She's so indignant. She's so holier than thou, like, look what you've done. Lady, two died on your watch. On your watch. Are you responsible for anything? Yeah. I mean, those two, whatever, but Joey's a nice, clean, young, white boy. He had, <laughs> that, that he had a lot of happen. potential. <laughs> Jesus. Like, what is, yeah, what is her fucking role here? Because it seems like she's, you know, one of, you know, Gordon's superiors. 
you know, she's like higher up than him. And yeah. so I'm like, well, what do you do around here, lady? <laughs> do you know that one of the people on the screenplay was Frank Darabont? Yeah. Isn't there was shit? five people on this shit. They were like, oh, that's always a, not a good sign. It's true. Rewrites, that's man. It. Yeah, man. You, you, can, you can basically tell how much, and I'm not even saying, to be honest, I feel like this movie comes out pretty well for a movie with the amount of screenwriters it has, but you can tell the scale of a mess that a movie is by the number of writers on the yeah. screenplay. It's not even that much of a mess. It's just, you know. It's really I mean, not. This movie in particular, no. Yeah, but in general, I get what you're saying. Um, well, apparently, um, apparently Neil and Nancy get fired, but Sim skates because Dr. Carver comes in and just lays it down. Well, that's it. That's enough of that. I can only, I can only tolerate two or three more kids dying and I'm really <laughs> going to be pissed. That's right. <laughs> and then they're like, I don't know what to do. So he, he has a box of shit because he got fired. <laughs> the broken <laughs> dropping shit. Come on. <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous what are you gill from the simpsons ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez i lost another one yeah but he sees something doesn't he oh he does indeed oh, i love how boy. he in particular is just you know what it is to be honest you know why he sees the ghost lady and not nancy which makes more sense uh because he's so fucking boring and he needs something to do in this movie <laughs> Yeah. They're like, all right, give him the ghost, you know, lady who the ghost nun who comes around and and looks creepy and he talks to her. She definitely looks creepy, but he bangs his way into this tower and he goes up. I mean, this is unsettling to me. Like this weird place and there's fucking pigeons up here and then you just expect me to go, Oh, this is fine that you have a little shrine in here. I didn't know what was going to turn around. Like it's just <laughs> a, it's just an unsettling juxtaposition, and I, that's why I think this is at times the nun can be so unsettling. Oh yeah, no, she's really good, and it was another element of the movie I'd completely forgotten about. Like I was yeah. saying at the beginning, I thought this was something that Freddie was projecting. Yeah, we talked about this on one of the other ones, and because I, I remember us thinking, what, what episode is that in? What, what one is it? But um, tell me about the nun story, dude. By the way, this place is purgatory, fashioned by the hands of men. Fashioned by the hands of men. And, you know, she talks about all of these men locked in here like animals, you know. uh, (laughs) Over the holidays. Over the holidays. Looks Uh, like Santa Claus brought us a present. (laughs) Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ, dude. This story is... Hey, I gotta say, so... Wow. (laughs) it's It's a bit... Of overkill here, guys, I think. <laughs> like, of course, Freddie couldn't have just been, like, you know, horribly orphaned and, and through foster homes and showing psychotic tendencies. No, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. She was raped hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. The bastard son of a million rapes. Like, Jesus. So overkill. That's insane. <laughs> evidently that shit wasn't even in the shooting script by the way like this was like this is some rewrite stuff they're like nah it's not crazy enough it's not horrible and evil enough (laughs) god Mm. so absurd oh man (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) they kept her hidden for days among this just fucking rape dungeon of maniacs they put her they put her in the toy chest next to the uh the wizard boy (laughs) With a Dude, this legs. is, by the way, 
this is 1980s conservatives idea of what like Detroit is. <laughs> it's just a place of constantly horny maniacs raping and killing. <laughs> oh my God. That's their idea. Yeah, it's maybe. So fucking crazy. Maybe. Hollywood, man. Well, a couple things. So this is one where I might say, you know, the church might want to make an abortion exception here. Just saying. <laughs> Just I saying. So. Hedge your bets on this one. Also, it's definitely only the son of one of those guys. That's how cum works. That's how, right? Yeah, that's the other part. Like, the movie kind of tries to imply that's like, ah, and all of that yogurt got mixed together into one particularly evil batch. Yeah, only one of those guys. <laughs> Just I mean, one of those crazy fucks. That's one right. of them got there first, all right? I mean, they're probably all dumping in her, because let's be real, rapists aren't exactly gentlemen. Jesus, just it was just one evil sperm. The most, <laughs> dude, the most evil sperm produced by the most vile cock. We call that the devil's brew. Jesus. Yep. Well, you know, that'll teach you. God, fucking awful. <laughs> but this she is, got this locked is where she in also... there well, amongst hundreds. Nobody was like, where is she? <laughs> Her family, you got no family, right? Nothing. Mommy, uh, daddy, I don't want to finish trimming the tree without mommy. Ugh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but this is also where she starts implying, you know, that uh, the it's the body that needs to be moved, you know, it, that it needs to be in hallowed ground. Mm-hmm. We also know that it's her, Amanda Kruger. Well, we don't know that yet. That's no, no, we end. know, but, though. Right. Yes. Yeah. Having seen the movie, but she talks about it, yeah. She's like that, and that woman was Amanda Kruger. And now I am into some pretty intense role plays. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm not even a nun. This is just the thing I like. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. At this point, you'd have to put TNT down there. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I pray God. to Jesus that a man. That man will be sent down here big enough. (laughs) The beast of a thousand cocks. (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Like they they just make a 15 minute monologue for her of just like describing in gruesome detail. Like, okay, guys, enough, enough. Ugh. (laughs) And the radio in the break room just kept playing, dashing through the snow. Fucked, man. That is so fucked up. What a fucked up story. So fucking terrible. Mm. Um, the thing with Joey's, the writing on Joey's awesome. Dude, it's so awesome. Awesome. And so creepy. Hell yeah. Uh, but also, the, the including bitch at the end is just, ah, this is definitely the third sequel, Freddy. <laughs> Come and get him, bitch. Come and get him, bitch. Um, so yeah, Hollowed Ground... She, uh, Nancy tells him, you know, they burned him up and, uh, they need the remains. We don't know where the fucking remains are. Hard that cut to the hospital. This fucking guy, this guy again, right? Women just fighting him off. That's his life. <laughs> That's his whole fucking deal. A hundred and, I'm going to say 26 pounds max. <laughs> on him? On her. Fighting on her. him off. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, I fucking hate Sims. She's the worst. She's, yeah, she's a piece of shit. 
Uh, Take yeah, it to the be, quiet room and sedata. And sedata. And, you know, they're like, she's screaming that you're killing us. You're killing us. This is going to kill us. Mm. And, I mean, I could, you could, I'll admit, you could be forgiven if you were the staff of a psych ward and you heard somebody screaming that, you know, some poor, you know, psychotic person who's having horrible delusions screaming that you're killing him. That, that's probably fairly normal business in a psych yep. ward. But here, after, like, what, three, four deaths now? I'm like, um, you probably should take this a little the more seriously. The staff outnumbers the – this big building only has three people in it that are, right. that are actual <laughs> customers. God, <laughs> shut this place down. Such a nightmare, a hellhole. You better hope Freddy just takes this whole place down because – But anyway, <laughs> they're going to go seal uh, C. Thompson, old John Saxon. John fucking Saxon. Love this dude. Yeah. I don't buy it all that he's a washed up piece of shit. I'm like, nah, this guy's still no, cool. You're trying so yeah. hard look to make him. him look bad. Look at him. He looks fucking gangster. Is he supposed to not be a cop now because it says security on his shoulders? Did you catch that? Oh, God, I didn't even catch that. You're right, though. There it is. Security yeah. guard. Lost my job. Is, is, what, wait, he wasn't even just like a cop. He was like the sheriff or the, the captain of the police sheriff or something. Sheriff or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, I love when he tells off Neil, none of your goddamn business. I don't believe we ever met, friend. <laughs> so good. I'm on yeah. his side. Me too. Fuck you. Coming to my bar with your bullshit. What are you, 60? You're trying to fuck my daughter? You're my <laughs> age, dude. And by the way, I've practiced kicks with Bruce Lee, so get fucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll pawn your face off. No, no question. <laughs> Nice seeing you again, princess. But he kind of stonewalls her. She cries a little bit. And then this guy, the balls on this guy. Dude, dude. Again, this is, I can believe that Fred Krueger, a man who died and came back, is now haunting children and killing them in his dreams more than I can that this guy intimidates John Saxon. (laughs) Like, nah, I don't think this is how it actually plays out. (laughs) I don't think so. I can believe that a woman raped by hundreds of maniacs when she found out she was pregnant went, I want to keep it. (laughs) More so. It's precious. Then this guy with tapioca arms fucking manhandles John Saxon. Stop. I don't think so. I do like how Saxon brushes him down. (laughs) Now that we've met, he fucking picks him like, yeah, okay. It was nice of Saxon to stand up for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, what's left in this movie? Some deaths. Well, now bego- the begins the, the dueling uh, yep. you know, timelines of, you know, Gordon and, and I don't even remember his real name in the movie, but Dad Saxon, uh, they are Thompson. going to tr- – to, What's that? Thompson. Thompson. There we go. Uh, they are off that's to find the remains. Because that's Nancy's right. last name. Yeah. Uh, well, they're off to find the remains of Freddy to to you know dig them up and give them a proper burial uh, in order to to stop Freddy from you know going after children in their dreams. And at the same time, uh, Nancy is hurrying back to the hospital because she just got word that Kristen Kirsten or whatever is sedated, uh, so she's going to be falling asleep no matter what, uh, sedated in solitary. And they're like, they're, she's definitely going to fall asleep, and she's going to need people to be there to help her. I am not a doctor. Mm-hmm. But does sedation imply sleep? And do you achieve REM in sedation? I mean, does that break the whole movie? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's just that she's she's been all sedated up, so she's almost certainly going to fall asleep. She can't fight it forever. Fine. That's that's the ticking clock right, the movie wants fine. us to be. Yeah, so, about. right. 
it doesn't it, it doesn't really warrant a conversation but i uh, yeah so you have you have like you said the dueling timelines which is them trying to consecrate the bones meanwhile them they're trying to get her and um in and hopefully keep freddy from murdering them before they can handle the bones nice. so nancy gets there gets stonewalled by max but gets the kids together they hit the old uh, metronome and they go <laughs> deep into sleep town Imagine the soft white walls. I'm going to count and then we're going to be there. And uh, kind of cool how they just appear in her padded cell. Mm-hmm. That shit is cool. Pretty cool. I dug it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gordon's off emptying like a dickhead <laughs> Saxon's uh, bottle of whiskey mm-hmm. and filling it up with holy water at a church. Yep, naturally. This yeah. is 80s as fuck. Um, I love Freddy's Claws coming through the walls and bursting feathers everywhere. What a cool visual way to separate each one of them for their own little battles. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And the claws look fucking... See, this, there are some physical effect stuff in here that just looks so fucking good. The claws piercing and slashing through looks fantastic. They do... like they, It reminds you how goddamn sharp they are. Now, I remember seeing this movie way too young. Um, and I remember the scene with her mom's head really sitting with me. Ooh, yeah. 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 I remember not that's being a, able to sleep the night I watched it, actually. That's a real like, fucking moment as a kid. It's intense. That, I mean, that's a I, sh- that's hardcore. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I feel like I've talked about it before uh, on you know, the podcast at some point, but I still remember, I think it was Mimic, actually. Uh, that was the first horror movie I remember seeing as a kid where a kid gets fucking killed by the monster. I was always so used to seeing the kids, you know, escape mostly. Okay. Maybe get injured, but it's adults who were killed and this kid got fucking eaten. And I was like, oh, kids can die. Like It was like that horrible realization of right. like, Oh God, we're not safe either. That one fucked with me. I mean, it's pretty funny now that her mom's complaining about bringing a man home as a disembodied head, but it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty gruesome. Like the pouring blood as he drags it to her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Kristen, you ruin everything. <laughs> Every time I try to bring a man home. I love that it's not just that I killed your mother, now look at her severed head. It's that your mother's severed head is also still mad at you. <laughs> you also <laughs> get parentally shamed while I kill your parents. And this ties back into the where's the bourbon. This ties back into the opening because you're like, oh, she's back at the beginning, which is cool because it it has an effect on her. It almost tricks her into thinking, oh, God, I had a weird dream because she even says it. And I like that. I like the disorientation. I think that's a clever trap by Freddy. Totally. Love that. And then, dude, her diving through the window once he starts attacking her and just landing into the stairway of the fucking Elm Street house again. That's yeah. cool shit too. I love. I do like that the Elm Street house has become kind of a centerpiece. I think that's right. cool. Yep. So it's like see, this big moment of defeat for him that he can't let go of. It's just more fuel for his revenge, right? And because of her proficiency in being a dream warrior, she manages to elude him. And we cut over to Taryn, who is not going to be so lucky. By the way, oh what, fucking Taryn! What do you think? Look familiar? What this super clean staged? fake ass alleyway <laughs> looks kind of awesome like we're probably gonna do a musical number here dude exactly right? i'm like is michael jackson gonna pop out hell are yeah a bunch of dancers <laughs> hell, hell yeah. yeah dude he's popping out any minute dude are we about to are, hey wait a minute are we on the smooth criminal set <laughs> like fuck yeah coolest part about this honestly is when it starts out in the hallway then it turns into this and when she turns around the fucking wall is up there yeah, that's, that's cool cool shit i like that Honestly, and it says Taryn and Freddy. 
Dude, on the wall. Yeah. I didn't notice that, dude, like for years. I just <laughs> noticed it when I watched this again over Halloween. Tight. Crazy. No, and the other the other great part about the scene is when she sees the homeless guy. And obviously, when you are asleep and you know that you're asleep. Like that's the other part about the sequence I think is cool too, that it's 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 such a common thing in the Elm Street movies for characters to be fighting falling asleep and they end up falling asleep and you know they have to realize it once they're dreaming. But them going in like, all right, this is kind of like a mission to get Freddy or to at least save Kristen, all being aware that they're asleep, they're on guard. And I, I kind of like that. Like she looks at the homeless guy as like, okay, if I'm in a dream that I literally know fucking Freddy is haunting and coming after us and has and, and already been after us, he, anybody who populates this dream could be him. Mm-hmm. Like, and so she watches him, watches him. And when she turns around, Freddy's right there right next to her that's like, cool and I like I like the thing I like about the scene this this scene's really un- unsettling in a couple different ways but I like the way she's like welcome home Tara and he's just quiet and he yeah, kind of looks yeah. around and he goes look familiar and then she kind of wants to kick off the fighting but I like how he's almost calm about it you know he slashes her a little it's bit true. she stabs him in the armpit I mean she didn't gain any magical fighting skills but I like the way he wants to, you know, this is Freddy to a T. He wants to talk about it. He wants to convince you. He doesn't want to just slaughter you, right? We're old friends, right? He's trying to convince her, remember? Let's get high. Dude, what do you think of the little mouth vaginas? So hungry for their heroin. That is nasty, man. I got to be honest. That's fucking dark. That's fucking it's gross. So gross and dark, yeah. <sighs> And then, of course, the veins standing up in her body. That's, that always tweaked me out as a kid. Oh, yeah. Mm. Rough. But what overall, ru- though, I feel like this is kind of the beginning of the real goofiness. What a rush. What a rush. <laughs> the fucking back, you know, background Jake's bar and neon. I'm just like, ah, getting a little <laughs> silly. Getting a little silly, guys. It's super silly, dude. <laughs> Yeah, Scott's saying if you watch him, he has to readjust his arm because he misses. I noticed that too. I don't know. He has, he turns his hands at one point, his left hand. Oh, when he's like stabbing in her arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so tell me your take on the silly factor here. Uh, in the next scene, or no, in, just in general. In, you're saying here's kind of where it's starting to go silly town. Yeah, it just. I mean, like I said, it, it ends with a. I mean, sillier than a giant worm. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess the giant worm's silly, um, but I don't know. It, it just for one, two when it get, when it goes to Will's confrontation with Freddy. I like the, the way I like the way he looks in the back. Like, um, I like the way he looks back there. Yes, yeah, dude. Freddy in the distance is almost creepier. Yeah, like again, it's that whole thing. You don't show too much, and they love showing a lot of Freddy. I mean, his makeup looks fucking great. I actually like but, his dialogue here too. Like he taunts the kid. Right, <laughs> he's just mean. Where are you? Will says. <laughs> but dude, the killer wheelchair. I can't. <laughs> it's a, I can't with it's the outrageous. killer wheelchair, man. Oh, I don't like how fucking one dimensional could it possibly make a disabled character of like <laughs> and the only thing you're afraid of is your wheelchair. <laughs> Like, it would be like as if somebody who has fucking polio, it's like he's getting beaten to death by magical crutches that are fucking hopping around. I'm like, what the fuck? That's so ridiculous. It's yeah. so silly. I do like where, he, I like where he's like, for now, maybe, but when you wake up, 
<laughs> it's back in the saddle again. <laughs> Come on, dude. What a son of a bitch. <laughs> he could say back that without even saddle. having the chair. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> but then Will realizes that I am the wizard master and I can have powers in my dream. Blows up the fucking wheelchair with finger electricity and then somehow loses all his confidence with Freddy and just fucking eats it. Just gets stabbed. Well, he's dumb. He ran up on him. Yeah, still. He should have stayed back. He, he, you know what it was, man? It was the fucking, it was the Revenge of the Sith. No, no, no. We got too close. Got too close. Why did you close the distance on him, dude? And you got into melee range and that was that. I was, I was just disappointed that the one character with, like, legitimate cool dream powers is just, I mean, it's just a wet fart. It's over with. Like, he blows up the wheelchair, and then he's dead. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Scott, wizards are DPS, not tanks. Exactly. That's it. Take that's advantage it, of the man. range. Range DPS, bro. Gotta stay back. Instead, you get all aggro, and you provoke him to just stab you out. Fucking <laughs> ding dong. Idiot. <laughs> Should have waited on Kincaid. He's your tank. Yep, exactly. Hey, this is my, to everybody, everybody out there, especially you Overwatch players, this is what you get when you fucking run ahead of the tank. This is what happens. Yeah, and he's the perfect tank in, in terms of like World of Warcraft or MMORPGs because he taunts and he causes aggro, right? Exactly. He's like, come get me, and then he soaks up all the fucking shit. Meanwhile, you got Nancy healing him, and you got, <laughs> right? Exactly. You got, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Where but, you hiding, you burnt face pussy? <laughs> he's too much. Oh, Kincaid, you're incorrigible. Yeah, he's so strong, he just punched through the wall. Let's have a listen. Mm. Cool. So where's Joey? I don't know. This place is like a maze. And it's time to stop guessing and start messing. <coughs> Yo, Freddy, where you hiding at, you burnt face pussy? Hey, we should find the others first. You think you hot shit with the little milk kid, don't you? Well, let me see you come get a piece of me. Kruger, pussy! Come get a piece of me. I'm 5'8", a buck 60. <laughs> I can really tear you up. Could you do me a favor? Uh, uh, excuse me, Ken. Could you do me a favor, Ken? Could you do a little rhyming? Could you, <laughs> you, know, could you rhyme some words together? You know, something you people do. You know, get real jivey with it. Go ahead. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Jesus. I like how they act like he's so jacked and he's not. He's just kind of a fat kid. He's just kind of he's got some pudge on him. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like the hanging door into the fucking hell realm. Yeah, that shit looked cool. That actually did. That's a, dude, another the, the stuff this movie does well is taking advantage of all these opportunities to present you with creepy, bizarre, surreal dream imagery. Like that's mm-hmm. the best parts of this movie. And this moment is fucking cool. And I like how it shuts them all up. Like they're kind of they are getting confident. They're getting all cocky and like it's like Fred reminding them like I have all the power here. Yeah. I can manifest a fucking door to hell in front of you. Yeah. You don't really stand a chance, do you? <laughs> you know, you got a couple levels under your belt. All of a sudden, you think you're hot shit. Nah. 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 Nope. This not. still ain't even final boss shit. This is mid-boss shit. Mid-level. Yeah. You're definitely not. Yeah, mid-level shit. He's not even going full power on you, man. He's going easy on you. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, our boy Thompson is taking Dr. Gordon right. to the old junkyard where they actually dumped his remains yeah. in the trunk of a caddy. Junkyard works. They're getting it going. 
And uh, I like that. I like he's like back of the caddy. <laughs> That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, he starts busting open the trunk, and uh, we're heating up. We're heating up here. Also, hey, it, what really annoys me about the scene, like uh, Thompson's about to leave, and he's like, "You're not leaving," and he's like, "What the hell?" I never, I never said I'd stick around, and he's like, "Well, we got work to do. You're going to attend a funeral that's long overdue." With that, like, moral indignation of like, "You guys should have buried this man." I'm like, he was a fucking child murderer. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, now we need to bury him because we were told by the fucking creepy ghost mom that yeah, the yeah, only yeah, way to yeah, stop yeah, this yeah. is to properly bury him. Sure, but don't act like they like even it kind of annoyed me earlier when they framed it all like we'll see we're now paying for the sins of our parents i'm like the sins really i know it's you know hey two wrongs don't make a right and all but a couple of parents got together and killed a child killer i don't think it's sins i think it's just the child killer getting revenge <laughs> not paying for their <laughs> sins it's so ridiculous that's <laughs> yeah, outrageous so fucking stupid yeah uh whoops uh-oh. Dropping shit. Um, so anyway, they're going to, uh, while that's going on, the kiddos start closing in and they see they see uh, Joey, tongue-tied. Joey, look. All the little piggies come home. I love that. I love that he calls them all little piggies. There's something the fucking piggies. creepy about that. Oh, Let him sure. go. Your wish is my command. Classic fucking Kruger shit. Nancy runs off to pick the <laughs> deaf kid up with her massive strength. <laughs> definitely let Kincaid go do that but no he's got to hold right. the pipe while what's your oh, name is flips <laughs> distracting my Freddy. cartwheels but I like this I like the set I like the red he fucking snatches Kincaid up picks him up his little feeties are dangling and Nancy just runs him through oh it's pretty good pretty I'll, good dude licking the blood off of the pipe is great that's creepy and the goddamn souls of the kids on his chest that's so nasty dude did you notice the tears the actual water yeah, tears man. coming out of some of their eyes holy shit that's amazing the makeup effects Looks, fucking solid. and i like the idea of that that's just cool it's meanwhile so they've creepy. dug the bones out and that's when freddy's like wait a minute and disappears yep he's gonna go jason and the argonauts on these fools i know <laughs> 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 fucking harryhausen very badass I dig it, man. I remember saw it in this part. I was like, wow, this is crazy looking. And uh, Thompson just kind of looks on, and then he gets gets after a little. <laughs> Finally. And he gets, I don't know, he grabs him by the balls and throws him and impales him on the fin of the Chevy. Oof. Oh, man. You are good, too. Um, right? I love the shot of the skeleton burying. I think that's so badass. <laughs> it's okay. cool. Throwing dirt on him? Yeah. Yeah, it looked cool. I thought that was neat. Because there's no other person in the frame, so you can get away with it. Right, right. It's kind of like shrouded in mist, too. And I dig the mirror shit. Following up, the kids moving through and uh, Freddy in the mirror. I love that shit. And she starts pulling each of them into the mirror. And I thought it was a cool effect of them breaking the plane of the mirror. It was like some black hole effect. It looked cool. Like, like they were kind of cartooning away. Right, yeah. Like warping. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. I like that a lot, too. Yeah, and this is maybe the lamest fucking Joey moment. (laughs) I found my voice because of the love for my friends. (laughs) Ah, that is some, that is Broadway musical realization. Wicked bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
I realized. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I realized that it's worth speaking for the sake of my friend. <laughs> so fucking lame. <laughs> so fucking lame. Now that said, I'll give it. Hey, when all the mirrors fucking explode and shatter and they fall out, it looks cool. Looks, looks cool. awesome. I dig it. I'm into it. Joey's yeah. just fucking lame. Fuck Joey. <laughs> wow, did I say that? Uh, We've only ever talked power. about two characters in film that were mutes and we didn't like either one of them. So I think we might have <laughs> a bit of a problem. <laughs> well, hell, at least the guy uh, in mute had a real fucking reason. I mean, I know. Don't I, they, I'm just saying. Right. It's just like, I don't even, don't they, I don't even think they ever address the reason he's like mute. Like, I don't think it's a That's why he tries thing. to kill himself, though, for sure. And that's why he ends up locked up with that old mean old lady. Right? That yeah, mean old that's... lady, Nancy Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> that mean, that mean old 36 year old lady. <laughs> 26, dude. Uh, Fuck, man. It's crazy. <laughs> dude. Your Dude, they all come sucks. out. You found your... Yeah, your dream power is normal. Is <laughs> <laughs> to be a normal person. <laughs> you found your dream power, man. Now you can do the same shit we all do every day. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Lucky you. What a roll of the dice you got for dream power land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he's got like sonic scream. You know, maybe that's kind of the power. I that, guess. Hell yeah. Otherwise, I'm just a guy who talks. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, welcome to the team. We got super strong guy. We got punk girl with knives that <laughs> You're she right. bought it's at a fucking 7 It's a musical thing, though, isn't it? It really And is, listen dude. to the music of the night. <laughs> it's so that kind of thing. Like, yeah. this is the point in the fucking lame-ass <laughs> Broadway musical where all the lights dim out and it's one <laughs> single spotlight on Joey. And he's all like, I've realized for my friends. <laughs> it's like fucking, I can speak. <laughs> fucking so lame. Shut up. <laughs> God. Dude, also, how fucked up is Freddie to manifest her dad <laughs> and be like, ah, oh, baby, I love you. I'm so sorry we had a falling out. Just got to apologize for all those bad things I did to you. I love you, my sweet daughter. And then fucking stabs her. Dude. That is hardcore. Close is fucking- your eyes and surrender. <laughs> <laughs> that should be playing in the background. Joey should be singing the rest he of the really movie. Should he should be, be doing operatic shit. <laughs> fucking the lamest character <laughs> yeah I crossed over but I wanted to say bye to you one more time baby I'm sorry for everything <laughs> fucking liver shot straight to it Oof. damn fucking wastes her but not for long Mm-mm. what happens dude girl get fucking yourself back Nancy, up huh <laughs> Nancy's got that fighting strength in her. She's got that motivation. That last, last attack. Meanwhile, um, Freddie's getting it from the holy water and the holy cross on his head. He's spinning around. I thought that was awesome. (laughs) Meanwhile, Patricia Sharkrat's crying over her friend, kissing her (laughs) intimately on the corner of her mouth. And uh, (laughs) funeral time. Funeral time. We see Amanda Kruger waltzing around. And, you know, they were like, listen, uh, Amanda... We want you to join our sisterhood, but we need to talk about all of the men that raped you. 
Um, <laughs> we're gonna need a different name. We gotta we gotta put some distance between the rapings. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. There's so. I mean, I've got a list here. So come up with a different Jeez. name and you can come into our thing. Because <laughs> we're we care about you. <laughs> we're we're concerned. We're concerned for your immortal soul. We're doing this for you, not because not because we have an agenda. <laughs> We're doing this for you. We don't want it to be a scandal among the parents of all the kids. We got to keep it hush hush. Oh wait, no, I'm talking about the other thing. No, sorry. Uh, no, back to your scandal. But I was raped by a hundred people. Shouldn't I go to the doctor and and terminate this pregnancy? Oh no, no, that would be a mortal sin. <laughs> Think of the potential in this life and all the things they're going to go on to do. Oops. I'm sure you're going to be a well-adjusted mom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Good Lord. What a uh, fucking nightmare of a backstory. Seriously. His backstory is worse than anything he does to anyone else in these movies. It's so awful. It's so awful. <laughs> God damn. It's, I mean, it's like I was saying earlier. I mean, it is like hyperbolically insanely awful. <laughs> like what like how much worse could you make it and she was raped perpetually by Stalin and Hitler who passed her back and forth in hell. <laughs> like what? <laughs> how much fucking worse can it be? What type of what what type of rapist do you do you prefer? The right-wing extremist or the left-wing extremist? <laughs> well, too bad you're getting both. <laughs> Spit roast time. Oh Jesus. And you know they made a bad Eiffel Tower joke in there. <laughs> they definitely took their shots at the French. Oh, God. When they had them in it. Between rapings. Um, yeah, it's dark, man. Real fucking dark. But no, cut to Nancy's funeral. Mm. Nancy is dead. The she first survivor. Dead. Yep. Light goes on in the little house where he's sleeping. After after he finds out about the the nun, oh, yep. it was actually Amanda Kruger the whole time as a ghost, also visiting me. So passed over, by the way. The whole I separate know, ghost story of the ghost nun has been haunting and living inside of the fucking tower of the psych ward and all this shit. But she just goes away. That's it. By the way, right. wasn't that the very tower that the kid jumped out of? Thanks for the yeah. assist. Right? Hey, you care so much. You care. You care enough to 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 haunt me on Earth and tell me information I need <laughs> to fucking fight your son or to put him to rest. But you can't help save any of the other innocent fucking kids. Hell yeah! God, I love Freddy movies. Let's just be honest. So shitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. So I, I don't know if you saw this. Did you read the, the Did you read the thing about the the ending? Like literally the the final shot of like the house's light turning on and everything. No. So I mean, that's just that, saying there's going to be another one. Well, no. See, that's the thing. It was not meant to be that. It was actually supposed to be. Um, it was supposed to be. A, like, they were implying that Nancy had the power to beyond the grave actually like contact people. Like it's a whole basically a scene that got deleted where it was like Nancy has the power to manifest in dreams herself now and she was gonna be showing up in their dreams to help protect them and like guard uh-huh. them. Um, and it was supposed to be implied at the end here that like Freddie is dead and Nancy is the one who is still guarding over and looking out for them. And you know, she lights up the little house to imply that she is still has a presence. But they deleted all that, so now it just looks like Freddy's still alive. Got it. 
which I'm like, huh? Because I mean, I know Wes Craven. You know, he did not work at all on the second movie. Uh, like completely, just wasn't involved whatsoever. And in this one, he I think was a producer, and he also helped write the story, not the actual screenplay, but worked on the story. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, he wanted this to be the, like the end of the Freddy trilogy, basically. Like this is we're capping it here. Um, so that's what he had in mind, I think. And then they were just like, nah, fuck it. We'll just leave it as a you know a little. Oh, there's more to come. <laughs> cool. I like it. That's cool. Well, that's it. The movie's over. The movie's over. It's done. Mm-hmm. Well, there yeah. we are. There we are. And uh, again, Ryan Brown. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Thank Brown's. You. Mr. Brownstone. He's been knocking. All right. Um, let's go. Uh, we'll bust a couple listener comments, and then we'll go to our, um, our we'll wrap it up. <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> Monica Mitsakis hyphen rock. <clears throat> she says, this is by far my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film. I love horror, especially slashers. So much so that in college, I wrote many papers in my final thesis about the genre. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking cool. She continues by saying, the blending of horror and comedy is at its finest here. Freddy's a character is cemented in horror and film history and as a pop culture figure thanks to this one. Ah. As everyone else has mentioned, the one-liners are a standout feature and the death scenes are some of the most iconic. I will always look at the first Nightmare as a classic and staple. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the best of the series. I pushed it pushed boundaries of what horror could do in mainstream market. And I don't forget and and I can't forget to mention the kick-ass soundtrack. It's so 80s and so much fun. Thank you for covering it. Thank you, Monica. That's a really good uh, write-up. And um, I would love to hear some more of your thoughts on the genre sometime. Indeed. Very cool. I got one from Mr. Stephen Holloway. This movie was an absolute banger. It was the first nightmare film I ever saw, but having seen the others now, it struck the right balance between chills and laughs. Freddy was at his most quotable, welcome to primetime, bitch, and the little twist on the formula did it wonders. I love that these kids start fighting back instead of just uh, fannying around the whole time, dying and crying. Love that puppet death, too. Shit was gruesome. It's been a while, though, so maybe it's garbage now. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have Scott Cummings says, quick backstory. My parents had me very young. Um, they just let us watch anything and everything. I was drawing Jason and Freddie in school at a very early age. My parents were told by so many teachers that it'd be a serial killer. On my sixth birthday party, um, my dad's friend dressed up as Freddie. All the kids screamed and ran. I ran and hugged him. I ran to hug a fucking child murderer. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) (laughs) This is the pinnacle for me as Freddy films go. He's still aggressive and dark, but witty and comical. I mean, I love the gay Freddy's inside of me stuff from part two, but this one is amazing. The fucking Freddy dick monster slathered in green goo because they freaked out and it looked too much like a dick. The little track marks that turn into hungry mouths, epic. The kids learning how to use their dreams to fight against Freddy. This is the one that always in the video rental store, so we rented it off, and I can't wait for you guys to cover this film. Boom. That's amazing. Um, good stuff. Good stuff, Scott. Anyone else? Um, yeah, I'll do one more from uh, Jason Tick, also very nice. high on the movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love Nightmare on Elm Street, the series, and this was the film that they really figured out what they wanted out of Freddy. If you look at the first Nightmare, it's just a legit horror movie that was a small death count slasher. Part two, they clearly didn't know what they had, as it's completely odd and completely different from the rest of the main series. Then in part three, you see Freddy become what people know. Freddy, what people know Freddy as, the -the over-the-top, wisecracking, pun-master asshole. 
Nice, it man. It is true. He becomes a punny man. There you go. Good stuff. Final thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Matthew? Uh, well, for me, I got to say, it's, I, it's a very mixed bag for me with this movie. There's a lot that I do like here. There, there really is. And, and I, to be honest, I agree with everybody talking about, uh, like all of our listeners who are really high on this movie, that they figured out what they wanted from Freddy here. I think they did. I think they, they're like, it is much better than two as far as just Freddy as a character. Um, you know, he is still pretty fucking menacing and he does have some, you know, darkly kind of funny, sarcastic moments here and there. What I've just kind of realized is that I just lean away from that style of Freddy. Like, it's just not my, like, I, I think the sillier he gets, the less I'm interested. Um, I still kind of prefer the more darkly, even more darkly comic original film Freddy. I just lean towards that. I mean, for one, I'll admit I'm biased because that's the one I've seen the most. And I, I was very into hard horror movies when I was watching those and not so much like the kind of funnier stuff. I do – I will also say it's been, a, it's been a minute since I've seen it. But Freddy versus Jason, Freddy is also very good in that movie. I feel like that's a good – they capture the tone of him well where he's like – he's definitely the funny one. He's the one with all the personality, especially compared to Jason. Um, but it's still – he's still incredibly violent and the gore is really intense in that one. Um, you know, I think a lot of people dismiss that one because it's such a silly gimmick of a movie and it, the Freddy versus Jason is the title, but there's some good stuff in there. And I think Freddy is the most interesting part of that movie. Um, and here overall, I mean, I like, I guess I could say I like more than I dislike, but I, I do kind of lean away from the goofier tone that starts to get established here. And just, you know, the, the overall aesthetic of, just these characters and the, would you this say, team assembling. Would yeah. you say that you're, uh, based on what, what I'm hearing, that you are a fan of original Nightmare on Elm Street, f- on the original Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but you don't really get into Freddy much beyond that? Because that's kind of the entire, the, the, the momentum of his character is to be like the wisecracking pun guy. Totally, totally, and see, and what what sucks about that is that what I what I really love about this this movie is showing like the diversity of what Freddy can do and like his powers and transforming into creatures and like that expansion. Like, there's like two expansions of Freddy. There's the expansion of his powers and his abilities, and you see more and more that the things that he can do and like his arsenal of tricks and how he fucks with you. That stuff I fucking love. The other expansion of Freddy is him as a wisecracking silly guy. And to be honest, I just I just kind of have realized after watching this movie again that that's not really my bag. Yeah, yeah. I mean more towards like the personality of like straight up and we talked about it on the first one, you know, like he isn't just a straight up flat, you know, um killer in that movie. He does still have some like laughing, hysterically manic, crazy kind of in delighting in what he's doing. And I think that stuff's great. Um because he's fucking scary. Are you talking about the first one? Yeah. yeah, and and I want uh, that's basically what I want from Freddy. I want I want him to be the guy who's laughing and cackling while he's trying to kill you, but not necessarily cracking the one liners. I mean, that's just my own taste. I don't think it's bad. It's just no, no, not I get what I'm into. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's it, it, it's almost like you are. Um, I would almost call you a Freddy purist. Like you're you're like a Nightmare on Street one purist kind of because they because they kind of establish him a certain way. Um, and maybe when it gets more jokey, because it's because let's be real, Nightmare on Street Three isn't scary at all. <laughs> Not really. If you're a little kid, it's a little scary. Like I said, there's a couple scary parts in it, but compared to the first one, the first one, I mean, the Tina stuff in the body bag and the school, wow, that's terrifying. Right. Right. You know, but 
Um, all right, cool. So I don't, I don't really have much to say. I actually, I still dig Nightmare on Elm Street Three Dream Warriors. I have more nostalgia tied up to it than you do. Um, I can easily recognize the quality of the film versus the first one. Um, the second one's kind of just a non-film to me. But um, I don't know what the rest of the series is like. I don't remember. I'm sure the members will come back to me if, if I were to watch them again. But, um, you know, I kind of dig it for what it is. I think I think Freddy Krueger is a character that we sit down and we go, he's going to say funny, hilarious shit, and he's going to kill people in funny, creative ways. I think that's really what it comes down to now once they got away from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. You know? So I dig it. Um, what's your scale? I've been thinking about that. I, I think at the end of the day, I still land on, I like it. I like it. Okay. It's still fun. I enjoy this movie. I like it too. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. I dig awesome. It. Well, I think we're done. Are we out of here? We're out of here, right. baby. Well, thank you guys for tuning up in the line chat. Thank you guys for uh, listening. Thanks again to Ryan for bounting the film. I really appreciate it. It was fun to get into Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I was looking forward to doing this one. And that is all. You guys have a wonderful evening. Goodbye.